Hey everybody, welcome to Darisha's podcast, Elite Mastery. I created this um, series of podcasts because I felt that um, there's lots of information out there to inspire and motivate individuals like myself and people that I work with uh, throughout the year and all the speeches and talks that I do. So throughout the month and throughout the year, I'll be interviewing people who are experts in their fields and I consider them as masters. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to our latest podcast. Today I have somebody very special with me that I'd like you to listen to and pay great attention to. Now, before I uh, introduce uh, my guest, I didn't mention his name, I'm not going to yet, um, is the best I can describe this gentleman is that when I first met him, it reminded me of, uh, it's a compliment by the way, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like when I was like in my early 20s and you you just about to go out on a Friday night, you've been working all week and you dress up and you call your mates and you're going to meet some girls and you go to the local bar. So have the perfect haircut when I had hair, you shave yourself, get the perfect suit on, you go to the local bar and it's full of beautiful ladies and you think tonight's my night, the stars have lined up right and you're just about to approach them and then this guy walks in, <laughs> right? And you think, oh sugar, I think I better go to another bar because he's got everything, he's got the looks, he's got the body, he's got the character, God's given him loads of aces in life and uh, you either hate him or you love him, or you pray and hope that he's gay. So, <laughs> so without further ado, I want to um, welcome this uh, gladiator and Superman to this uh, podcast, uh, Ben Watara. Yes. Correct. Correct. Hi, Darius. Yeah, thank you so much. That was the funniest introduction that I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> true, true, though. Because I was doing the seminar, I was like, oh, who's that good-looking guy? Who's got everything going for him. Should I just finish my seminar? So, welcome, man. Thank you so much, man, for having me. How thank you doing? It's been, I think we met about seven, six, seven months ago. Yeah, about that, yeah. The Time, fuck of the night yeah, in, in the, Dubai. The yeah. world has changed, no? Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> how fast it can go, right? Yeah, but I think, looking at, I've been following you for a while, I think you've stepped up. Hmm. You've stepped up. You've stepped up with your social media. You stepped up with your coaching. You seem very active. You're sitting on and sitting on your hands, are you? No, because I believe that, you know, a lot of times, you know, tough times bring out, you know, the best in people because now you really have to, you know, move forward. For me, it really, you know, a lot of times I don't really feel like much has changed. If anything, it just has revealed a lot, you know? It's just some, sometimes like, you know, when, when you have like ebb and flow in the ocean and the, the water goes back and now you see everything that was there, but you just couldn't see it before be, yes. be, because it was covered. Yes. And a lot of people I realize, you know, right now, they, they're starting to really confront certain things in their own lives. And for me, honestly, it's, it's just been, um, because most of my business is online, I just realized that there are even more opportunities. I've been doing a lot in German before, now I'm really moving to English. So since the beginning of the year, I really moved to English. Um, that's why a lot of people here in Dubai didn't really know what I was doing, you know, because I was doing all my coaching, all my content in, in, in German for the past two years. But, uh, but yeah, I think that this is the best time. I, I, I believe that it's always the best time, you know, to, to work on yourself, to move forward, to step up, to, to, to give 100%. And a lot of times people won't see what you're up to because you're building up and you're behind the scenes. And then when it comes out, it feels like, boom, this is like the big bang, the big moment. But you've but been in all the preparation beforehand. It led up to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that's what we see. You know, I, I feel that a lot of people are unjustly comparing themselves to others. Because they're, they're comparing, you know, like the highlights and the showreels of others to their behind the scenes. Yes. And, and, and that's why they feel like not good enough, not worthy enough. They don't have the confidence to move up. And, you know, unless they are pushed and forced, they sometimes don't rise up to the challenge. That's why I believe that 
You know, people feel it with their back against the wall, but now they have no other choice but to move forward. And now they can actually find out that they had much more potential in them. They felt that they weren't ready, but they were actually ready. You know, and um, you actually, we, before we went on camera, you, you told me about, you know, a moment in your life that was actually, uh, you know, like a gift in disguise. And I believe that right now a lot of people have these gifts in disguise because, you know, there is this definition of luck when they say luck is opportunity meeting preparation, right? And a lot of people, I think that they misinterpret it because they feel like, okay, so there are opportunities that come once in a while that I can't control. The only thing I can do is get prepared for it, right? So first of all, that's not true because you can create opportunities. But the second thing is, what if there's an opportunity in front of you? You are prepared, but you don't feel prepared. Because a lot of people are perfectionists and you they feel they don't feel doubts, ready. They got fears. Exactly. So they let opportunities pass by. They don't really step up to it. And opportunity after opportunity passes you by, but because you don't have to, because you have a choice. You could, but you don't feel ready. Now you have situations in your life that force you to take action. And then you actually find out, oh, I was ready. I could do it. It was just in my mind. What makes people not quit? Because a lot of people quit. Majority of people quit, right? Yeah. What makes them go from quitting to taking action, overcoming their fears, the not good enough internal dialogue? What mm. do you think it takes? Now, some of them are blessed and they have people like you coaching them and they've been doing that before the, this virus situation, right? Yeah. What do you think will take? Because I know Tony, I know Tony Robbins quite well, and when he did his uh, infograms or whatever adverts yeah. that he did, he did them at three, four o'clock in the morning, because mm. he knew the people who weren't doing well in life, who were fat, who were unemployed, everything, they were up at three, four o'clock in the morning, hating their lives, mm. right? And commercials were cheaper at three, four yeah, in the morning. Yeah. So, and he, and he succeeded that way. What does it take for people to realize they've got to step up? I believe that there are many factors in play, but one is definitely pain, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you know, when they say we're, we're moved by pleasure and pain, but a lot more people are gonna move not to lose something or because of fear to run in one direction. When, when you talk about being inspired and, 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 and having the beautiful in front of you, because people know that they will have to go through pain or embarrassment or shame because that's, that's the things that most people are really afraid of we're not really afraid of physical pain you know or death yeah. it's more this it's kind know, of inevitable and we can overcome it right exactly or it's more about your, your image what people are gonna you know people are not afraid of failure they're afraid of people seeing them fail that's what the biggest problem is mm -hmm. so i believe that once you you reach a point in your life because you know a lot of people they say for example i can't quit my job i don't know what but the day they lose their job now all of a sudden they're able to do something they're able to find something right so i believe that there's some people in life early on that were forced to come into new situations were forced to you know to reinvent themselves so many times by life that it became a pattern mm -hmm. so that gave them confidence mm -hmm. you know and it, it's just like mm -hmm. when we talk about virus for example um, your 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 immune system develops and gets stronger by being exposed to germs so if you have children for example when they're very young and you want to protect them and you want to put them in a safe environment Playing the dirt. Exactly. Tell them to go out. I don't overprotect them, right? If you do that, any small virus is going to be able to destroy mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's the same thing with people in their lives, you know, because if you've been, you know, living very sheltered and, you know, you never really had a lot of challenges or your parents give you everything and, you know, you're just spoiled, now the smallest challenge is going to feel like a huge mountain you can't overcome. And I believe that 
um, actually, because you mentioned Tony Robbins, there's one thing that he said once. He said, uh, most people's standards is a direct reflection of the expectation of their peer group, yes. which means that your environment, it's a huge, has a huge impact on you. You know, so one of the, one of the main things that when, when people come into a new environment, new people, new challenges, you know, he said that, for example, soldiers that are in the army, that's the highest standard that they have on their fitness level. And sometimes when they leave it, they're not able to sustain it because that environment actually okay. shaped them. So I believe that when it comes to self-development, when it comes to motivation, a lot of people, self-development, they focus too much on the self. They feel like with discipline and willpower, that's all that you need. And if you don't do that, you're just lazy. And you don't realize that actually it's your environment, the conditions, the structures, the routines, the deadlines, the, you know, that actually make you and force you to stay in a specific habit until it becomes a part of you and then if you say, okay, you know what, I've been working out for 20 years and it's part of me. For example, me, you got to hold me back to not work out, you know, because yeah. it's so part of me that it's I feel like life. now, it's you. It's exactly, you. it became it became who you are, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing. But until you develop that, you know, you need to be in a frame, in a structure. And that's the problem because people, they sometimes they will just have like this one moment where they feel like, you know what, I'm going to change something. But now it's a journey. And on that journey, you have different moments. And then yes. you have one moment, and, and I believe that to, to understand what makes people quit, it's important to understand what goes on in their mind. So let's say, because we have to quit a lot of times. We have to quit one thing to start a new. You know, quitting is not something If you something negative. the same thing, there's no growth, right? Exactly. So, yeah. You know, so in life, you have to, you know, there's this, this quotes like, winners don't quit. I mean, winners quit all the time. Sometimes you, you have to let go this relationship, this job, this project, this idea to start something new. You have to quit your old version of yourself. And they welcome change. Exactly. You have to let go who you believe to be to create who you need to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so then it's like, okay, but what holds you in that old frame? What holds you in that old pattern? And, and that's the past. Like our present is the past. Everything you are, every person you know, everything you have, everything you possess, the languages you speak, the skills you have are all based on the past experience. So now when people, um, basically the past is nothing but a thought in your mind. But let's say you've been smoking for the past 10 years. So now you have this identity, I'm a smoker. Now you want to quit that. Or you've been overweight and you've been eating unhealthy. And you want to quit that. You want to start something new. Now you've been working out for three weeks or you didn't smoke for three weeks. And then you have one day where you're weak and you smoke or you eat a burger. The problem is now that you're connecting the story to the past. So you skip the three weeks and people say, I'm back in my old behavior. And that's just a thought in your mind. But where's the difference? If you cut out the 10 years before and there you is start no old counting, behavior. there's nothing. There's just the past three weeks you've been working out. Someone that has been working out for the past 10 years or never smoked, mm -hmm. he just, that behavior in the past three weeks is exactly the same to the person yes. that hasn't been doing that in the past. But because you have that identity, now you're connecting it. It's like a bridge. You have yes. this one it's moment. It's a trigger that it's connects a trigger. you to the past. And now you connect it to the past mm -hmm. and like, oh, so, and then you have the, uh, what the, the blame, hell effect. The, yeah. What the hell effect? Yeah. If I smoked one cigarette, I might as well smoke two. Yeah. I ate one, I already messed up today. So what the hell? And now out of this one day or this one action, you have one week, one, and, and then and you, you fall back, back to what you've been behavior. focusing on, which is your negative past. Exactly. Right. And what and, I find is, sorry, man. Uh, what I find is that, um, people aren't often honest with themselves. The ego blocks that honest conversation. Mm. Do you see? And I think people like yourself uh, come in and give them the honest dialogue.
that wake up call. What do you think? Do you think the ego blocks that honest comment? You know, I call it the bathroom moment where you look in the mirror and you have an honest dialogue with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Did I BS my way through today? Was was it a really success? Was I a good dad today? Was I a good partner today? Yeah. Right. I don't feel I I may be wrong that people don't have that honest conversations with themselves. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's a lot of times it's subconscious, right? So mm -hmm. first of all, we put on a mask when we talk to other people. Correct. And then um, a lot of people have this perfectionistic approach to life. So if you put on a mask when other people are around, it becomes who you are. And then even when no one is there, you have a mask in front of yourself. And that is one of the most difficult, most challenging things to do. And a lot of times people would face that in their, you know, hardest moments. Yes. You know, a lot of people, that's what they call awakening. And, and the thing is this, I believe that a lot of people, um, just like, you know, the example with losing weight or smoking cigarettes, they, they, they feel like if it's a shift one time, it's forever. They don't see it as a process. They like don't see it as something journey. you constantly yes. have to do. So you might have a moment where you're honest to yourself and you really realize something. And then you go back into that old behavior and then you just, ah, oh, it's never going to work. That is the biggest problem. I always tell people it's like, you know, when, when you look at, all the rituals, you know, that we can learn when it comes to morning ritual, when it comes to affirmation, when it comes to meditation, everything that can bring you back into the present and bring you back to your current self, forgiving yourself for past mistakes. That's something that you have to do on an ongoing basis. That's something you do one time. Yes. I always tell people it's like taking a shower. You take a shower, but now you, you clean go out. For, you, a, for a day. Exactly. A day, you got to yeah. take a shower again. Yes. You eat multiple times a day. You sleep every day. It's not something you do one time and then you can go off. And that's the same thing. These are routines. So you get dirty. You go out there. You confront it to so much. So you have to clean yourself again. And you have to forgive yourself. And you have to, you know, really build up that habit. And that's a problem because a lot of times people feel like, I feel that the biggest uh, uh, limitation that most people have is impatience. They're impatient with themselves. Yesterday. Yes. And I want we the, live in the a, secret... We live in a fast, rich, quick, fast, uh, US got talent and all this business, right? Yeah, you feel like everything happens overnight. Quickly. But 99.9999% of people takes time. Exactly. If you want to go fast, go slow, yes. you know? And it's just like, you're so impatient and you're looking for a shortcut and you've been looking for a shortcut for the past. I heard this one uh, story one time. It's like, you know, like you have the, these old, you know, like martial arts, you know, stories. And, and there was like a, a story with like a martial artist uh, a master and he had like two students right and one student was very talented he was very fast strong he could pick up things very fast so he was like wow this this guy's gonna become a champion then the second one he wasn't as talented he didn't you know like he, he was very slow he was not that fast you know he didn't have the best you know like um talent and abilities so the um the talented one asked the master how long you know is it going to take me to reach the black belt and be a master and he said you know what if you practice two to three hours every single day for the next two to three years, you're going to be there. He said, what? Two to three hours every day for two to three? I thought it's going to take me a year. I'm very talented. I'm very, you know, it's like, nah, that's too long. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So then the one that's not that talented, he asked him the same question. He said, you, you're not that talented. You, you'll have to train at least five, six hours every single day for the next five to six years. But because his expectation was, he was like, I thought I might never be able to get there. I thought it might take me 20 years. You tell me if I, that's nothing. So he did it. And now if you compare the level after five, six years from the, the person that person. was not as talented mm -hmm. and the one that actually had more time, it all came down to the patience, but also the impatience coming from the high expectation. Yes. 
And now, if you really look at it, if you really want to get results fast, you have to do it slow. Because if you started something 10 years ago that now you've been going on a diet and a quick fix thing for the past 10 years and you're still in the same place you were before. It hasn't worked. And someone else reached there for three years. So and three years is not is that One thing that's consistent, time passes. Yeah. Right? Time passes. Like it or not, time change happens, time passes. Those yeah. things we can guarantee. Yeah. Before we go any further, and thank you for this, love your energy. Um, tell, tell, tell me about your path. Tell me about your journey. German, Dubai, personal development, health, fitness, coaching, <laughs> business. Yeah. How, how do we get here? So, in a nutshell, let, let's say this. Um, so, my dad's from the Ivory Coast. My mom is German. And uh, I grew up in the Ivory Coast. So, my, my first language is French. I uh, went to the Ivory Coast, went there to school. And um, we left when I was 12. Uh, my, my father set up a business in Belgium. So we moved to Brussels, lived there for two years. And then um, when I was 14, moved to Germany. So already, um, you know, there, there was a lot that um, I had to deal with when I was younger because I was super introverted, very shy, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I, like my worst, um, my biggest fear was to be in the center of attention to have people see me. I wanted to hide, you know. I was good in school, but I was kind of, I didn't want to be and too good. I guess good. because of moving as well, it didn't help. You didn't settle. Exactly. But that was before we even moved, okay. you know. And, and that was a big thing because then we moved to Europe and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm the only black kid in the whole school, you know. So if I don't want, I don't, you know, I'm in the center of attention no matter what I do, you know. And, and on top of it, I was, I was always, I was a people pleaser. I always wanted to fit in. So I never really had a sense of identity. Been there. Me too. You know, so what you do is you observe other people. And without knowing it, I already started to... Other know, people's characteristics and personalities. Exactly. Modeling people. Mm. Looking at who's cool, how do I have to behave, what's here. And then you what realize... What makes you popular. Yeah. And then you move again to another place. Yes. And now you have completely different rules. What's cool there, it's not cool here. What's funny there, it's not funny here. So you're constantly in observer mode. And that's something that became a really big part of me that, you know, I started to observe other people to be able to extract wow. but in the beginning it was really a survival mechanism because i was like i need to know the rules here and so i want to know get how bullied, to leave you don't get picked on exactly you don't stand out from a crowd yeah. exactly and accepted accepted you know that was like my main you know value was like i want to be accepted by everyone else you know and so you know i went i went uh, to school in germany and um I really didn't, you know, know what I want to do with my future. I was living from day to day. And then, you know, after time, I started playing basketball and rapping. And, you know, I had like a, you know, a lot of uh, friends that were, you know, you know, doing these things. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Were you good and at it? Were you good at basketball? No, I wasn't good at basketball, but I was really good like at rapping. rapping. Yeah, I noticed yeah. you actually but, rapped. But, but basketball, I was, I was really athletic, so mm. I could jump, I could dunk a basketball when I was oh, 14. Really? You know? Can you still do that? I can still do it, oh, yeah. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I but, could never. He said, like, Iranians can't jump. That's what it is, right? <laughs> um, before we go any further, you said your dad was an entrepreneur. Yeah. What did you, I love to hear the rest of the journey, but what did you learn from your dad's journey as an entrepreneur? So basically, my, you were my, observing him as well, right? Yeah. And what, what he was going through. Well, the thing is this, um, it's kind of, I didn't get, I didn't get the best, um, you know, like energy because 
he kind of was frustrated, you know, with a lot of things. And uh, he well, he started as an entrepreneur when I was 12, you know. So first he had a job when Ivory Coast and really saw there was a devaluation of the money and, you know, there was a, you know, crisis, yes. financial crisis. And we left and then he restarted his own business. But but then, you know, it was tough, you know, so it didn't work out the way he planned. Struggled. He, struggled. he struggled. That's why we, we moved from Brussels to Germany. And it was kind of, you know, and then my dad also kind of put this in my mind. No, go to school, mm -hmm. get a degree, get a, you safe. know, safe, safe, you know, exactly. It's not easy. You mm -hmm. can't just do things on your own like this. But, mm -hmm. but to me, it was um, already. Is your father still with us? Yes, he is. Great. Yeah. Congratulations. And, uh, and he never got a job after that. He always, he's always been an, like, I think that there's no going back. Once you're an entrepreneur in your mind, you do your own thing and you have your own ideas, you know, whether it works or not, it's better or worse. You, you know, you, you're you constantly, you're you, you constantly come up with, you know, ways and solutions, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it kind of, but, but I had this in me. I never had a job. Like I always, I always found like I, I had like summer jobs for like a month or working in a call center, but I never was an employee for, for a longer period of time. I always try to find my own way. But in the beginning it was, it was also because I didn't want to answer to nobody. I felt that, um, I, I, I was going through a lot of also, you know, figuring out who I am. It was your you know? journey. Exactly, right. my journey. Yeah. Also, I didn't want to. And you deal want to with find yourself. Yeah, because you know, for too long, you've been trying to fit in, and I guess rap is a way to express yourself, right? Yes, it, it's 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 funny because you discover so much about yourself while you go through roles in life. You know, mm -hmm. because even even as a rapper, what you do is you know you you create a alter ego. You know, you give yourself a name. You know, and then you just like I actually called myself Benz. You know, with an S, because I felt like I have multiple personalities, okay. and I didn't want to stick to one style. Right. You know, so many bands. Many bands. You know, that's how I see myself. French or German? What the rap? rap. Both. Actually, I rap in three languages now. I do like French, English. German, English. Wow. You know, and um, and that's kind of the yeah the it, the journey. You know, in the beginning, I just rapped. You know, about everything. You know, like girls and being cool, and you know the yes. ego, right? That's mm -hmm. that's the main thing in mm -hmm. rap is ego. But then you just train a style, and then. Uh, later on, I started. I studied filmmaking. You know, I was in Holland. I was on a, on an art academy. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but um, that's that's really cool because in in Holland um, on the art academy they have something. It's called Propedeuse. It's the first year. I studied in Dutch, by the way. So that's like another thing. <laughs> so you know, they have something. It's called. When you walk in that bar, I'll walk out. <laughs> I'm not going to even talk to you, right? But you know, the, the the cool thing is, I like their concept because sometimes you have to make a choice even though you didn't really try out that much. So you feel that this is what I want to do. And that's what a lot of people, they get stuck with something. It's like, this is what I want to do. They start and boom, you know, that's, that's the decision that I made. So in Holland, uh, we're in that field, especially arts. So it's like art academy. In the first year, you have to do everything. So you go into, uh, they call it autonomic arts. So drawing and painting and sculpting. Then you have fashion design. Then you have like uh, graphic design, web design, photography, video, everything, even even architecture. So Did you have the support of your parents to go into that. Well, yeah, it, it, it was it was a, a challenge in the beginning, you know, because they were like, well, what are you going to do with it when you finish? Where are you going to earn the that? money? Where's the stability in this? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't know. I was just like I went to the, they had like the open day, you know, you could go there and check it out. And I was like, and it's in Holland. So they're very liberal. You have the, you know, the teachers are smoking yes. a joint and, you know, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just paint. And I was like, I need to be in this place. You know, it's just yes. cool. But I didn't know what I, I still will do, do after that. <laughs> I still do. Twice a year, Amsterdam. Yeah. It's I like, don't do drugs. <laughs> but, but, but it's just like, that's, you know, like that was the direction. And, mm -hmm. and um, the thing is, I was very stubborn. There was a point where I was just like, 
you're not going to get I, I did like an apprenticeship you know because my dad was always like yeah you should do something with business and with finance and you know something like this and I didn't know so I said ah, maybe you know and, and I just went into a company for like two months and basically you know they, they did nothing for you no but also I didn't really learn anything you know they, they knew I speak French and they were like oh we have French customers and can you just translate this and I was like well that's not what I'm here you know but anyways I I just felt that at one point I was just I'm just going to do what I want to do I have no idea what I'm going to do with it but I just want to do what I want to do and I just went on this academy and in the first year, and that was really good because sometimes people come and say, I want to do graphic design or I want to be a photographer. And they go to the first year and they do so many different things. And they're like, actually, now Maybe that I did it. Maybe it's not graphic design yeah, I want to do. I'm much better at this. Mm -hmm. Or I like this more, but because I never did it before. Mm -hmm. And that's what I believe in life, you know, you're only as free as the options that you know. And sometimes you haven't been exposed too much. So you only choose from what you know. Exactly. Same thing with relationships, with people, with businesses, with, you know, you just have a small limitation. And in that school, they actually extended it. Wow. So this became a philosophy in my mind, you know, and I'm all, I was always a fan from Bruce Lee. I don't know if you, you know, like uh, he, he created his own martial arts. Yes, yes, absolutely. Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. yeah and that's absolutely. the same thing. He studied all the martial arts that exist. And exists. that's what upset the other masters because he created the, his own. Exactly. Yeah. But what he said is, I'm not going to be limited to one wow. style. I need to learn everything. And he said, absorb what's useful, reject what's useless, and add what's essential. But before you know if something is useful or not, you have to use it, right? So that's why it's important to not only look at things from afar, but actually experience it. Because you I can say- ignorance comes from it, right? Yeah. Because if you don't know enough, you become ignorant. If you haven't traveled enough, you can't judge people. That's where prejudice, mm -hmm. you yeah, judge before exactly. the fact. You don't know the fact, but you have a judgment about it. Yes. And that's the biggest danger. And often comes from your peer group. Yes. The culture, the noise. where you grew up. The noise. And, yeah. and I believe that this is a gift you know, that I had because first of all, I'm born in between black and white. I'm gray, you know, if you want to look at it that way. And it's, it's interesting because my grandfather was in World War II on I German like to side. say milk chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> gray is like, ugh. Yeah, but yeah. you know what I mean? People you know, are gray are dead, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm no, brown, you're, you know, you're like. You're <laughs> not, not plain chocolate, milk chocolate. That's exactly. A, that's, that's my favorite chocolate, right? Yeah, but you know, like this, this from the mindsets, you know, when it's just like, my grandfather was, you know, in World War II on German side, you know? Wow. And, and, and my dad actually remembers when the, you know, like French were in the Ivory Coast and, you know, he doesn't know his birthday because they say, oh, you're born on 1st of January, 1950. Because they didn't know. They yeah. look at it, you're approximately six years old because there was no documents, you know? And they wow. came and said, you're going to speak French from now on. You're not going to speak your native tongue anymore. And it's not that long ago. So you really, you know, grew up in, in, in these two worlds. And then when I was younger, I come to Europe and then I understand how the Belgian, you know, like mindset is. And then I come to Germany and now I have to adjust to this. So I really learned how to put myself in the other person's shoes yeah, and, and try to understand. Well. Yes. You know, so it makes it very easy later on to relate to people, to communicate, to understand, to be compatible. You know, so many things that you learn. See, I think you're an optimist because most people, again, will say, uh, I was doomed. But you see that as an opportunity, right? You saw the positive out of this where people say, well, you know what? I never make excuses. Yeah. I never had a home. I never had friends. I was never stable. I got this and I couldn't settle. I'm chocolate brown or whatever. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they find reasons and they never let go. Because, and that's true. Um, and in retrospect, I could do that. Yes. Because, and, and that's, that's something that I believe as strongly as well. You, can, you know, people say you can't change your past. Mm -hmm. I think you can't change your past because your past is so a, you have view a, it. It's your translation of the past. Exactly. Right? It's a story you have in your mind. Yeah. So you have a judgment of your past mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, you can only connect the dots backwards, you know? Absolutely. So at that time I hated it. 
I was like, why? I have to let go. Because we didn't have social media and all these things. Like, my friends were gone. It didn't exist anymore. I'm in a new world. I'm completely disconnected. And you know, that that's when you really find yourself, when you're like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And it's just so like... Do you have a happy childhood or not? Yes, yes. You see, I didn't. Mm. So I det when I get to adulthood, I detached myself. When I look back at my childhood, I think it was somebody else. Mm. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And then I feel that child, poor Saudi, they had a really bad life, right? Yeah. But then what positive I took out from it. Yeah. So I don't know, you said you had a good childhood, although you had all those challenges. Well, you see, the thing is that um, I choose to select because we have selective memory, right? And a lot of times it's like, I mean, people have that even in a day, you know, we, we have like these, these peaks and ends, right? That we remember in our lives. So a lot of times, you know, you, you, I ask you at the, end of the, at the end of your day, how was your day or how was your week? And I said the good points or the bad points, it depends how I Most remember. of the times, the last two hours, if you, if, you would, if you just came out of a meeting and it was really negative and everything, I was like, oh man, I came out of this meeting and like today was a, you will go home with that energy that your night was like this. Same like, for example, you, you're mentioning the bar, you know, you're going out with your friends, you know, you're having a lot of fun and people taking pictures, videos, and you know, like tell you a great joke, you have a great night. But as you're going out, some person is drunk and they, they put poor beer all over you. You sure. know, like all your clothes are and that's wet. That's all and you, you remember. That's all you remember until, let's say five days later, your friend sends you all the pictures and videos from that night and you only have these moments and you might be like, oh wow, that was an amazing night. And now you forget about that beer, mm -hmm. right? So we forget so many elements depending on what we take out. And a lot of times we don't celebrate our happy moments over and over again. But our traumas, everything that was painful, hurtful, we, we replay it 100 times. So now that experience feels like so much heavier because I started doing something um, like three, four years ago. Because, you know, I, I once heard this, uh, I think Jim Rohn said it, if, if, if your life is worth living, it's worth recording. And I was like, you know, we never really have a, a good sense of our lives. Because time passes by, but we sometimes feel like, yeah, you know what? Five years ago, oh, I did this, this. We just remember a couple of moments. You, you pick up some notes from five years ago. That was, that was that five years ago. Exactly. Mm. So what I started doing is really, I created a timeline of my life. Wow. I built it now. I just turned like three days ago, I turned 38. You know, so I just do it every time my birthday. It's like, I can go back. Ben, are you doing everything you can for me to <laughs> dislike you more and more? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Actually, I knew because it's been 82, isn't it? So I'm like, damn it, he's even younger than me, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I go and, and, and I kind of, I summarize every week and I take a couple of things that happened this week, a couple of pictures, and I create like a document for myself. At the end of the month, I summarize the past four weeks and at the end of the year, I have a summary of the past 12 months. Wow. And I'll go back and sometimes you'd be shocked because you can learn so much about yourself. You might feel like, you know, that year I didn't really get that much done. But when you go in it, you're like, there were three weeks where this, 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 this happened. I was so productive. Then there were like three months where I didn't really get that much done. But why? And then you look at it and you start to see patterns in your life. You start to see my environment, people in my environment. I was emotionally down. I was mentally distracted because of this, because of that. And that repeated again two years later and here. But then you get a totally different sense. So I started to do that in retrospect, and then I said, you know what, I'm gonna go back from my childhood since I'm born. And I've been doing that for the past three years on the regular basis, because you can't do that at once. You're gonna sit there and sure. like, but- And it needs discipline. It's discipline. I just, I just put it in my calendar. I'm like, you know what? Every week, I take 30 minutes to an hour, and I sit down and I try to work on this. And I have interviews. 
with my dad, with my mom, with friends from back then, with I have friends that remember things. We, and every time, and I just fill in the gaps. I find a picture, and, oh, and I put it in. It's in that timeline. And now I get a completely different feeling because, you know, when you're a child, one year might feel like five years. Yes. But when you're older, five years feel like one year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you track it, there's certain, because we're emotional. Mm-hmm. So what, sometimes 10 people can give you a compliment. One person criticizes you. Yeah, it ruins your day. And in one year, you remember that one criticism, and you might forget the compliments. But what was really the reality? So sometimes we have a feeling of our past and our childhood and this experience and that relationship, whatever. And a lot of times we remember the end, and we paint the past with that energy. Yes. And then I'm like, because I remember that there was one moment, and I was like, oh, my past relationship, and it was all negative. We always, and, and I remember that day specifically. We were fighting, so that. And then I find like a note in my journal from a day after that day, how I felt and how I reflected on that day. And I was like, really? That's how I felt? I forgot. Wow. You know, and, and that's the thing that I believe that to become successful, it's important to study other people, to read books. But I believe that the most important book you need to study read is the one own. about yourself, mm. your own life mm. and your own personality. And if you, it's like a good coach, he has to observe someone and then create an environment for you to get better. But if, and that coming back to what you said, being honest to yourself, how can you really be honest to yourself if you don't even know yourself? Exactly. You know, so that's why I believe that this is, it's something that people sometimes say, yeah, but it, I don't have time for this. But I believe that this is one of the best time investments that I have. Because not only now at the end of the year, because in the beginning, the first time I did it, I went into my iCloud and I tried to summarize the past year. I, I locked myself in for three days and I was like, this is too much and I'm missing yes. out so much. But yes. now, because I have these small rituals that I do every day for five minutes, I just sit down at the end of the week, at the end of the month and at the end of the year, it's like I'm watching a movie. I can watch and back the past. And it's a fair judgment of the past year yeah. because it's been small steps. But if you don't do anything yet, you only remember the highlights you exactly. choose to. Exactly. There's so much. Bad. And I, it's one of the... It's, <laughs> I'm learning from you today and um, often I get into an argument with someone mm. I say love one somebody close and suddenly and all the ba- you write all the bad yeah. things and you go you cool off for about three days and you forget that all those bad things ever happened mm. and everything goes fine you drop your guard and then something bad happens again and all yeah. those horrible things is like on that how could I forget that you know I shouldn't let my guard down <laughs> yes because you don't document it right mm. because as an optimist you tend to forget the negative yeah. right and you keep making the same mistakes over and over again and you wonder why time has gone by and there's been no growth yeah and that's why it's 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 very powerful when you look at it because you learn for yourself and 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 then you know we summarize so so wrongly mm-hmm. a lot of times you know we're just like I feel like I didn't achieve anything in that year. And, then, and, then, and especially when you want to visualize the future, you really look at it and you're like, hold on one second. Sometimes I feel like if I want to see where I can be in five years, I might be like, yeah, you know, I think that's possible. That's not really possible. Now, if I really look back and see, hold on, where was I five then, years ago? Where you are now, anything's achievable. And how did I think? Who did I know? Mm-hmm. What was my, and what did I achieve in, in, the, in the span of a year? Yes. And now you can really assess it. Yes. And that's the thing where I believe that, you know, people don't take their time to really analyze this or to look at it, but it's a jewel because now I really started to, you know, the past three, four years are accurate. You know, I could actually track back the past 10 years because before social media, 
hmm, he didn't really document that much, you know. But I could look at my Facebook timeline, my Instagram timeline, and, and reconstruct a lot. Yes. And so your like, messages, your posts, all those feelings and everything. experiences will come back. And then I'm like, wow. How is it going to be in 30 years if you keep doing this? Yes. If you're sitting there with your children, your grandchildren, and then I was you going can, to discuss that. You can go in yeah, and tell them how when I started my first business, that's how I felt. And this is a voice note and I God recorded. Forbid, you're not, you may not even be there in 30 years, right? But they have access to yeah. their father yeah. and grandfather or great grandfather because now it's still digitally recorded. And it's I just received the coffee table book of Bruce Lee. And uh, it's just like, a, you know, like history of Bruce Lee with pictures, you know, like the, and, and there is his mission statement because he went to a seminar of Napoleon Hill. Did he? And he wrote, oh. yeah, he wrote the mission, it's sick. He, he really, before he went to China and he said, I'm going to be one of the most successful action stars in the world and I'm going to be making in the next 10 years, $10 million and I'll be the first Asian who's going to be, he wrote it down. And they have a picture of it because he kept it. And his daughter, you know, Shannon, she, yes. she, she, she put it in the book. And it's amazing to see that. Because mm -hmm. you like, he wrote down his mission he statement. Knew he knew it. He exactly. Just, yeah. And it's like, you know. With the same discipline, he took in martial arts. And he, could, he had, couldn't speak English. True. Yeah. No acting lessons, nothing. He made it all. Yeah. It reminds you of Arnold Schwarzenegger. The same. Because I remember him when he um, finished um, bodybuilding. Mm. He was being interviewed. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to go to America. And I'm going to be a movie star. And everybody in the British audience, they all laughed. Because mm. he had this really strong German accent. Yeah. And then he came with, uh, was it Barbarian? Yeah, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest is history. It's funny. When you think about it, you know, you have a Terminator. It's a, it's a robot that comes from the future. Yes. And he has an Austrian accent, you yes. know. And he yeah, still got the, the role, yeah, you know. Amazing. Really I'll amazing. be back. Yeah. 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 Amazing. So I'm going to go back to Holland now. Okay. I'm thoroughly enjoying I hope you're enjoying this, by the way. Yes, it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Holland. Um, Holland. So, so in Holland. You um, did the first year. You realized you had all these choices. Exactly. And so your world opened up. Yeah. And, and then um, from all the things that I, that I really uh, tried, I felt that video production was the one where I felt I could express myself the best, the most powerful. And, and, and again, I didn't really think of how can I make money with this? I didn't you know, think about it. I just said, this is what I want to do. Um, and then Did you have money worries then? Do you have money worries, or at that time you just make ends meet? Yeah, at that time, not really. I was I had like a you know a side job on the weekend. I was working in a call center, you know. For it's amazing Apple. how much that money lasts. No? Yeah, how far it goes. Yeah, and uh, you know it's, it's just you don't need that much. I didn't really need that much money, you know. And it, yeah. it was a kind of like yeah, you know, just like as a student, you know, just uh, you have you have, and that's the thing though. You you have a lot of. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was so I was living in um, uh, co-working, you know, with uh, three other students, four, and one of them, you know, they have in, in Holland they have like a system. It's called Antikrak. It's amazing. So basically, um, they have a lot of houses, you know, that are just free houses, and um, no one lives in there. But they have like this rule: if someone from the street just comes up and just you know goes into your house, they own it. They own it. You can't yeah. kick you, them out. You have to go to court to kick them out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's why. You know, they have to, um, they, they create like a system, you know, sorry, you know, I'm just telling because it's, it's loud, the, the, the camera. You know, they, they have like this system where, um, excuse me, for the, for the English listeners, <laughs> would you please not click so loud because I can't concentrate. <laughs> exactly. I was doing a live event, right? Just yeah. going back, it's so funny because I have uh, my right hand person, Oday, the guy you've been speaking to. 
right? And I'm doing a live event. And behind the scene, he's not paying attention, right? Yeah. Now you are paying attention and he's dedicated. So he's looking at his phone, he's looking at, and I'm talking <laughs> to the camera, but in the background, he's doing everything he shouldn't be doing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, and, I, and you can't break it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, stop freaking moving. I'm like, <laughs> So I get it. Yeah. But it's so part yeah. of reality. It's so like one part of you is like, oh, I'm in the flow and it's like, you know, click, click, uh, yeah. yeah. Or he's moving around and taking photographs in front of you. Exactly. He's doing this to me. I was like, don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. And um, also basically anti-crack. And I was yeah. actually just reviewing that because, you know, on my birthday, I like to just go back to my timeline. I, was like, I love doing that. Happy like, birthday. Thank you. Um, and, and so basically that was amazing. So, so they take students. And, and they make like a contract with them and they say, okay, you know what? You sign this contract and we can, we put you in these houses, but they might, you know, sometimes they have like a whole area that they just want to destroy. Take yeah, off they maybe the they sell it to a developer. So, but yeah, exactly. you have the right to leave without giving me a headache. Exactly. Right. So, so, so they will find you another place, but mm -hmm. they can move you. So they can tell you in three weeks you have to move out. Yes. But sometimes people have been staying in places yes. for four years yeah. because exactly. some people, they have contracts or they don't want to sell their house. So they can't really use yes. the whole area, whatever. So. And then we got the opportunity, and I was there with my girlfriend at the time. You pay 75 euros a month. We had a house. They gave us a house with a garden with like three rooms. So we had a walk-in closet, we had a bedroom, and we wow. had an office in the house. We had a living room, kitchen, garden. Like, it was amazing. That's what happens when you pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> you pay 50% tax. Yeah. People like you get That's houses true. for 75 But Because euros. I was a student and I wasn't working, I wasn't paying taxes. So <laughs> other people's taxes. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so that was, you know, like, so, so we were actually never, I never really had, you know, like this, oh yeah, I need to make money or mm -hmm. this. And like, you know, like yes. I didn't have this ambition to make that much money. It was just like, I just need what I need and that's good. You know? Um, and also, you know, a lot of, you know, student life in Europe, people are very, you know, humble and they with their bikes. Most people don't have a car and, you know, it's just like, everything is very simple yes. kind of, it you is. know? So you didn't have that peer pressure of... And you don't go to the top restaurants, you don't buy the top clothes, and just... Yeah. Life's perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah it's very I love, like... You know? Can we have it back, please? Yeah. Yeah, Amazing. so there wasn't, you know, there wasn't really like the peer pressure or the, oh, I'm wearing brands. Actually, it was almost the opposite. You know, you have a lot of people, especially in the Art Academy and stuff, they just, you know, brand less and yes. kind of hippie lifestyle more, you know, it's just kind mm -hmm. of more like, like mm -hmm. this. And um, Did you have hair then? Yeah, I had actually an afro like this. Did you? When yeah. did you start shaving it? I think like when I finished studying, you know, a year after that, I actually have a picture because I w one day I woke up because it's a lot of work, you know, like you have to put products. I was always braiding my hair and everything. I was like, sometimes I'm sitting left like three hours, you know, for my hair, you know, like, and I should wash it and dry it, you know, because the Afro, it keeps a lot of yeah. water inside, you know, yeah. so it's just like, man, I'm like, you know, Don't comb my hair, this. put products in it and everything. I was yeah. like, nah, yeah. And so I woke up one day and I shaved it off. And then when I reached the middle, I said, hold on, you know? So I, I, like ha this. I actually have a picture. One half is shaved, one half is the afro. And I actually walked out the house like that for one day. I was like, I just got to do it. <laughs> my market no one, research. <laughs> no one knows. Exactly. So you just cut your face yeah. and you yeah. just have like half, half. But, uh, but yeah, I shaved it off one day. And then, you know, I just, I just kept it like that ever since. Yeah, I um, love it. I, I actually... I shaved when I was 23 and I haven't grown, now I have no choice, half of it's not coming back, but I actually really like it. Yeah, it's easy. You know, I you just really like it. I can't even imagine myself with hair. Yeah, now it's just like, yeah. uh, but I think maybe Should I was identity. around 23, 24, it's like kind of same yeah. age, you know, and um, I just made that decision and just like never went back. No room for trees on a busy street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so you did that, you found video production, yeah. video editing, video production. Exactly. 
So so then um, after I finished studying, um, so you stuck it out. You did the whole yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Four I did years. the whole thing, wow. uh, the whole thing, um, and uh, that that that's when actually I started really. Uh, th- there was like a turning point because even though I was doing all that and I actually started a little bit with rapping, I still was socially. I was not very sociable. I was. I was so your rapping was recorded, not on stage. Did you do stage? We did stage, but not that often. You know, it was yeah, recorded, and it was like more you know, in a circle of friends. So if I was around people that I knew, I was open, comfortable. But I, I was not. I was before. I was shy. I wouldn't approach people. Now I was cool. So I'm not talking to you because I'm cool. Right. But actually, I'm still afraid of rejection. You know. So that's why I would never go into a place, talk to people I didn't know, or really break the ice. That was like I was you always. You do that observing. now. I do that now. I completely shifted. Like really? my my my. I, I'm still an introvert. Yeah, but, on stage, but you're not I can shy. Talk, you know, like because uh, only I am actually very shy. But is that not labeled? Maybe you put on yourself. Because when I saw you, you actually smiled at me from across the room, and it's like, hey, hi. And you're talking to everyone. It's just like because I'm in my zone. Mm. Are you with me? Yeah. If I go to a party, I'll be the one in the corner f- looking at the wall. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah. In a, I just don't do small talk. I'm comfortable. When I f- get out of the zone, yeah. it's not business when I know what I feel I'm an expert in. Yeah. I'd rather go and read a book. Mm. I'd rather meditate, be on my own, yeah. walk the beach by but, myself, but that, like my own example, space. I'm still, um, you know, when it, when it comes to, because I make a big difference between introverted and shy, right? Because I'm still an introvert. But not shy anymore. I am, yeah, I'm not shy, and I can also be an extrovert in situations. Because that's the thing, you know, some people, they're mm. stuck in that one role. Because mm. some people, they're so extroverted, it's hard for them to sit by themselves. It's hard for them to meditate or even read a book and not talk. Like now in the Corona exactly. times, it's difficult for them to, you know, not not be so. Because also they need to have somebody there. They need to be with someone. Else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When you're pure extroverted, you know. But the thing is, for me, I'm both. You know, I, I can sit by myself for days, you know, and then just think. But at the same time, I can be on stage in front of thousands of people, and it's like it doesn't cost me energy. Wow. The reason why it cost me energy before is because subconsciously. I was so self-aware. I was thinking about what should I say? How should I behave? What are what people thinking I... of me when I'm Exactly. There. That's what's cost energy. Mm-hmm. Because now you're constantly assessing. Every word you say. You know, people that are true extroverts, a lot of time they would even speak and then they hear themselves speak and then they're like, oh, no, that's actually not what I meant. What I meant was, because they just, Ouch. you know, yeah, they yeah. have to hear yes, themselves yes, speak. Yes. But when you're purely introvert, a lot of times you assess 10 different ways of saying this, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, I'm going to say it like that. And, and mm-hmm. it was so fast with it, even yes, your body yes, language yes. and everything, and you adjust to the person in front of you. And, and then that's why sometimes people say, you know, when I'm in social situation, that costs me so much energy, I need to be alone for like a week. Yeah. But it's, I, I, I compare it to, I really think it's a skill mm-hmm. and I've trained it for myself. It's like, if you don't have no stamina and you're like, you know what, I'm very strong, but I don't have, you know, like endurance. Yes. And now I go and run a marathon one time. Even if I run 10 kilometers, I'm going to maybe be sore for a week and be like, yo, that's not for me because I'm well, judging myself. But I don't have like a structure and routines to do that, let's say, for a year mm-hmm. and build it up. Mm-hmm. That's what people do. They put themselves in these situations every once in a while. So if for the past 10 years, every six months, I try to run a marathon, every time I'm going to be, you know, that's not for me. I'm just more the person for this, for strength, not for endurance. But I didn't really, and it's like a muscle you build. And on top of it, you have this identity that you connect to. Do you set yourself challenges all the time? All the time. Why? Because I want to prove to myself that everything is learnable. And sometimes, you know, you have these, um, these levels of competence. I don't know if you know them. You know, the four stages of competence? Yes. And Share it, please. So, so you have four, four levels of competence. Actually, you have five. And the fifth one is actually really important. But most people only know four. So everything that we do, everything that we learn from speaking, walking, you know, the simplest things that we do, we, we have 
um, the first stage, which is unconscious incompetence. And that's the stage where a lot of people, when they get ideas, they're very motivated because you're not aware that you're incompetent. So I might say, you know what? I'm going to lose 50 pounds or I'm going to start this business. That's a great idea. I'm going to do this. I already see myself a millionaire. I'm going to spend all that money on this and that. I visualize. That's when I have all the motivation, right? And I, and I like to take the example of uh, riding a car, right? Everyone, almost everyone might be watching this has, you know, a driving license. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to get my driving license. I'm going to be free. I'm going to, you know, be independent. I can go wherever I want. On the pen- it didn't start like that. No, no, but, but I'm saying no, before, that, you know, say, before you start, you before have you start, vision of you have the vision, but, but you're in unconscious start. incompetence. Yes, you, you're not aware that you're incompetent. Now you learn. You have your first driving lesson. Now you're like, oh my God, I got to look in the mirror. I had to, you know, like, you know, shift gears. I got to turn. I got to look at the road. I have to blink. I have to pay attention. So much at once, you might be overwhelmed and you might be like, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. Same thing when you go out with your business and now it doesn't work the way you want it. You, this doesn't work. The price. So now you're like, oh, it's not going to that. And, and, and that's when you're in conscious incompetence. You're incompetent. There's so many things that you can't do. Oh, you're Even, aware of it. Now you're aware of it. But that's the frustrating <laughs> what a, what part. What a great place to be. Yeah. That's the frustrating part. And that's where most people quit. Exactly. That's where most people are like, ah, I'm never going to make this. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. Unless you have an environment that forces you to stay in that behavior for a longer period of time. Then you get into conscious competence. That's when now you know how to drive. But you still have to pay attention to everything. You have to remind you, oh, I forgot to blink. I, I have to shift gears. I forgot. But it's working. Your business is running, but you still have a few things you need to, you, you know, have to fix. work at it. You exactly. gotta work you at it. You have to work at it, mm-hmm. but you prove to yourself that it's possible. You're not doubting that it's possible anymore. Yeah. Until you do it so long that it becomes Second unconscious nature. competence. Second nature. Exactly. You get A to B and you don't even know where you indicate it's automatic. change gears. Uh-huh. It's automatic. What's the fifth? The fifth is conscious unconscious competence. Because when you are in unconscious competence too long, you forget that there was a time where it was hard and that you actually built it up and you feel like, yeah, but this is easy. That's why a lot of people, they don't know you what they're it for is. granted. Yeah. Some people, they don't, I don't know what, what's something you're good at that you could, you know, have, I don't know because they're not even aware. And then you're like, but you're very good at this and that. Yeah, but that's easy. Everyone knows how to do that. Not everyone knows, but you're not even aware that it's a competence because you're a, unconscious. Is that a good stage to be in? The what? The unconscious the competence? Fifth. The fifth one. The fifth is good because on one hand, it makes you realize, first of all, what your strengths are, what your competences are, which a lot of people are unaware of. Mm-hmm. So it opens up opportunities because you can see how you can help other people. Second thing is it reminds you where you come from because right now you're faced with something where you might be in conscious incompetence. Mm-hmm. And now you're doubting yourself even though you went through that 20 times in your life. But because it's unconscious and you have that competence, you're not even like, you're thinking about it anymore. Now you're confronted with the same emotions. And that's one of the reasons why I put myself in situations where I have to learn new things all the time. All the time. I learn how to dance. I learn how to cook. I learn how to... So many things where I feel like I've never done this before. Everyone has areas where they're not good at something. But the problem is they stay in their comfort zone. And there you are in unconscious competence. But in the third level, why it's important for me, especially if you want to teach something to someone. You have to be able to go back and go through these stages with them. But sometimes you have people, they're very good at something. They can't explain to you how to do it. It's like, just do it. I mean, and they get frustrated and impatient because like, it's so easy, it's so simple. Why can't you just understand it? Because they don't remember how they went through these stages. They're not conscious wow. of their unconscious competence. Wow. Or maybe they don't want to look back. Or they don't want to, exactly. No, a lot of people, they don't, like that's why they say, just because, for example, Michael Jordan might not be the best basketball coach because he doesn't want to. 
He's just yes. like, I want to be the best player. And that's why sometimes people watch interviews with successful entrepreneurs or very successful people, and it, it just feels like, oh, and, and some people also, they, they misjudge how they did something because they forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, I did it, boom, 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 and yeah, and I just and it grinded came so it out. naturally to them. They just took it for granted. Exactly. Also, if you, oh, they were just, you know, gifted or they're just mm -hmm. talented or whatever because they're not aware of it. So, so maybe I'm, I'm talented to, to, to speak, you know, like five languages. But no, I, I learned that. I went through the process. I remember. But if you learned something, you know, when you were a child, you don't remember. True. But now you're like, oh, you want to learn how to speak Chinese. You're going to go through these stages. But you, and it's so illogical. You've done it. You made it. You were successful. And you went through this process, the pain, the challenge, everything. And then so knowing that and you got there, you could easily grasp the next challenge. Exactly. If you really hold it in consciousness, that's the thing. Yes. We forget so much. You know, it's like I, I saw this uh, interview once. Uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti was uh, he was talking about, it and he he said that um, if every every woman would remember the pain of giving childbirth, no woman would have two children. It's very painful in the moment, but then you forget it, and then you you know you have all the. I say, is, I say that about love. Yeah. Not everybody falls in love, and then they're happy for the rest of their lives. Mm. Everybody has a broken heart, right? But don't stop loving people. Yeah. That's why we, we're mm. able to forget a lot of the negative to create the new and then we don't associate it. But sometimes we also put ourselves in the same patterns. That's why it's important to, and, and again, it comes back to understanding yourself, understanding your patterns, understanding your strengths. Because that's the thing. We replay the negative you know, moments of our lives over and yes. over, but we don't celebrate the positive ones over and Somewhere over. Somewhere along the way, when we become adults, we stop celebrating our successes. Yeah. And that's why I think that these are rituals that we need to build in. And so, so that's the reason why I, I, I constantly put myself in these situations on a regular basis, because it's like a muscle you train. Do you think that uh, it'd be hard to be with someone like you, a partner that's constantly challenging himself to think, oh, Jesus, just, just relax a bit then. <laughs> just take it easy a bit, you know? Like, I'm off for a run. I'm, I'm doing parachuting. I'm doing this. I'm yeah. Like I think that... Um, well, um, on one hand, yes. I, I, I think that also depends on who you're with, right? Because I want to be with people who are actually challenging themselves more than me or in different areas. I'm talking relationships, man. Yeah, same thing. I mean, but Was it easy for you to find uh, a soulmate? No, mm -hmm. no but um, I don't believe anything is supposed to be easy. You know? and, I'm, and I believe that every partner that I was with that didn't work also brought me to a place to be able to even appreciate and, and, and um, see something in someone, you know? Uh, it's like, you know like they say, all the wrong roads that I took got me to the perfect destination. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, when, when I look at it is to be, and that's something that was difficult for me in the beginning. Um, when you understand something for yourself and you see someone struggling, you want to help them to solve it, even though they didn't ask for your help. And, and, and they then resent you afterwards. Yeah. They because resent you. There was a time they were happy anyway. Exactly. Right? And, and the best way to inspire anyone is by living it, yes. not by telling people what they should yes. do. And a lot of people are projecting on others what they should do for themselves. Yes. So it's easy to tell someone how they should live their life, but you're not even sticking to the same things. You know, you can find problems and help them with their problems, but your own problems you can't. So a lot of times it's a distraction from yourself, but then you feel like you know more and then you, you, you're knowledgeable. So sometimes changing the world is changing yourself first and the environment Always. around you changes. It's always, let's say, you know, like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. I really believe that he meant that he, not only when you change yourself, you can affect and impact people around you, but when you change yourself, 
the world you see is not the same. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So when I let go of wanting to change people and being okay with it, because the only reason why something is a problem is because it bothers you. If it doesn't bother you, it's not a problem. Now the question is, why does it bother you? It shouldn't be like this because. It Tell you what bothers me. Maybe we can coach me here. Okay, what okay. bothers you? Lack of respect. From who? Um, I could be anyone. I'm very respectful. So I, I um, could be from client, it could be staff, could be spouse, it could be kids. I say please, thank you to everything. Maybe it's the way I've been brought up, mm -hmm. right? But if I don't feel they say the same thing back, or they make a promise and don't deliver, it's lack of respect. Mm -hmm. Respect is, a, and I know it's an issue. I'm not saying it's right. Okay, but somewhere along the way, my interpretation of that something, I love it if it didn't, I didn't give a damn. I didn't give a damn if they say thank you. I didn't give a damn if they didn't respect. I didn't give a damn if they didn't reply. I didn't give a damn. So, there, do, you, do you see where I'm coming from? I don't 100% where you're coming from. And I'm kind so, of exposing myself here. No, but I mean, it's important that we, we just look at ourselves, right? Because I, yeah. I have the same in so many different areas where we have to question ourselves first. That's, yes. The first thing I always do is how can I take responsibility for my yes. own emotion, yes. right? Because I could be right. I could be like, you know, someone comes and I draw the line and I'm like, someone is disrespecting me. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two ways to look at this. One is, is it really true? Like, is it their intention to disrespect me or do I just feel disrespected? Because a lot of times people feel disrespected. I feel disrespected. You know, so then it's just like, but sometimes people intend to disrespect me. And sometimes people don't intend to disrespect me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something because I was you know, always in so many different cultures, so many different environments. It's like something might be disrespectful in this country and another country, so not true. at all, and in this country. So then as, as soon as you start to really, uh, I mean, I got to a point where I almost felt I understand how someone can be racist because when I put myself in their shoes and how they you know, were raised and, and how they look at the world, I kind of understand it. And it was really a point where I was just like, but hold on. I'm still not going to let someone disrespect me to a certain point, even if I'm compassionate mm -hmm. enough mm -hmm. to understand it. But now is, now is the second part where I'm, I'm like, okay, why does it bother me? Because right now someone might be somewhere saying something that could bother me, but because I'm not hearing it, it's not bothering me, right? But if, if I'm bothered by the fact that racism exists or people like this exist or people have a different opinion than You'll me and it bothers me, never. Because I will always find something. So now I'm like, if I'm in a relationship, business relationship, it's a client, it's a partner, it's someone in my life that I'm now, I decided. Because that's the thing, I take ownership. Every single person, every single situation, every single thing that's in my life right now, I chose, directly or indirectly. And sometimes it's like habits. I just went to this, this place with my friend, I met this person, and then we started to hang out. We hung out two, three times, and boom, all of a sudden this person's part of my life. Now they have a behavior that I feel like is, and, and it's like now it's bothering me, and I need them to change for me to feel different. You can't do that. You have to change the way you interpret things. Exactly. Or I have to change the conditions, mm -hmm. you know, which or a lot walk. of... Or walk if they're not prepared. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know, you could say, I'm not going to be in a relationship with that person anymore. I'm not going to be in a business way. I don't want a client like this. I Have you ever stayed in a relationship where you knew it wasn't good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Too long. Too long, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it has a thing, you know, it's, it's not black or white. You know, a lot of times there's going to be so many mixed. So even somebody as strong as you, yeah. so much awareness, you still sometimes or past, but stay yeah. too long. 
because we, we become, and that's what, I, you know what I meant earlier? It's like, it's not a moment in time. It's something gradual. Um, being conscious or being aware is a moment. I can be conscious right now. It's like people, they meditate right now, and in five minutes, I'm stuck in traffic, and I'm beeping the horn and insulting the person in the car next to me. I'm out of it again. Yeah. But then I can go right back. And as you know, like, when you have a plane, most of the time, it's off track. You know? Autopilot There's turbulence, this, yeah. and then, uh, everything you go is you go back to the center. Because if you go off track too long, boom, you, you end up in the wrong. Exactly. Mm. But the main goal is not to always be in the middle, but to bring yourself back. It's like recalibrating. And that's what I really believe. It's like you recalibrate and, and, and that's how you actually really get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you look at it and you observe, why did I stay like this? You don't punish yourself, but you just keep learning and recalibrating. I have, uh, I learned this, this exercise from Lisa Nichols um, and, and I've been really using it repeatedly. Uh, you know, these, uh, there's like seven, seven things you can tell yourself every day. And it's an exercise, it takes you literally like three, four minutes. You can do it every day. And it's a kind of a mini brainstorm. So. You ask yourself every day, what are seven things that I'm proud of? And it could be small things. That I, I woke up this morning at the time that I said, you know, I, I did this, I didn't, I say thank you to this one person. I, and you just praise yourself. What is something I'm proud of? And then you can, you can actually say it to yourself, like I'm proud of yourself because you, and you look at the mirror and you talk to yourself. You create a relationship with yourself. And then you say seven things that you forgive yourself for. Could be small things, could be big things. I forgive myself for doing this again. You know, reacting too Don't fast. Don't punish yourself. Right? Exactly. You have to be compassionate. Because, you know, there's a difference between um, shame and guilt. Shame is I'm bad. Guilt is I did something bad. And then you can, I can forgive myself or I can, you know, ask for forgiveness. Shame is this is who I am. Yeah, you build a character based on it. And right? that and means I will always be like this. Yes. You know, but I'm I a perfectionist. Exactly. I'm a perfectionist. That's why I am. Yeah. And if I do something wrong, I'm just bad. I'm just, yeah. I'm, you know. So you forgive yourself, and then seven things you commit to. And basically, you created a brainstorm because there's certain things I'm proud of that I'm now going to commit to continue, and certain things I'm ashamed of. Okay, but now what I what I commit to? I commit to apologize. I commit to you know like building myself up. I commit to, and that that's the thing. It's like something that I had to learn for myself is really self-care and self-care um, especially you know like in, a, in, in an environment where you, especially as a man where you feel like ah you know what I mean don't cry don't this that you know just keep moving be hard you know like just move forward a lot of times you don't care for yourself enough and and if you don't take care of yourself you can't take care of no one and it feels selfish sometimes and when I taste self-care I don't mean uh, going to a spa and relaxing and listen that's part of it. And it's a bit of self-love, right? Yes. Acceptance. Acceptance mm. and healing your emotional Honor wounds. yourself. Yeah, healing your emotional mm. wounds. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's something that... Um, uh, there's a guy, I forgot his name. His name is Guy something. And uh, he's, a, he's, um, he's a therapist. And, and he wrote a book, um, Emotional First Aid, it's called. And, and, and he was really explaining this, how since we're children... We learn to respect our body. You know, we brush our teeth every single day. If a child is five years old, falls down, cuts itself on, you know, on, on, on the knee, we immediately go and know how to, you know, how to heal that, how to take care of that. But it's like if, if you didn't have daily rituals for brushing your teeth and you would just go to the dentist once a year, your teeth would fall out. But when it comes to emotions, we get hurt every single day. Do nothing about it. 
we self-medicate with the wrong tactics. So you get rejected. You feel pain. You feel shame when you're a child. How do you deal with it? You don't talk about it. You know, it becomes cancer, doesn't it? Exactly. You hold it within. You hold it within. You create wrong assumptions about yourself, about the world, about people. And then you grow up and that's what builds your character, that builds your behavior. Maybe you get rejected. That's why you're like, you know what? I'm never going to say something in front of anyone anymore. And now I become more introverted and shy because I'm afraid of judgment. And as an adult, if I could look back at that situation, I'd be like, what this is ridiculous. Yeah. They didn't even mean that. You just misassessed and misinterpreted that situation. But because you don't remember now, I'm stuck as an adult in a pattern of behaviors that has nothing to do with reality that is stuck there because I never learned how to deal with it. And he's like, you know, um, even going to psychiatrists and, you know, things like that, people see it almost like a weakness. But if you get cut on your leg or, you, you know, have an, an accident, you'll immediately go to the hospital to fix it. You're not going to say, oh, you know what? I can still okay. walk. Yeah. I can still walk. So I'm going to keep walking until it's so infected that I can't even walk anymore. That's when I'm going to go to the hospital. But that's what we do emotionally. Only when you can't function anymore at work or in society, then you will go and get yourself fixed. Until then, you're walking around emotionally crippled like that leg limping around life. And that's why emotionally, you're Emotionally, you, you're unlimited. It's the most powerful thing that drives you physically, right? Exactly. And we don't take care of it. Enough. Because we don't even see it. We didn't create, you know, like patterns around mm -hmm. it. And that's why, it's, and it's, it is still something that, it's being more and more accepted now, but it's still something that sometimes people see as a weakness. You know, to get help, to talk about certain things, to say, you know what, I have emotional pain, you know, to be like, I don't know how to cry. Oh, it's normal. Do you have a coach? I have a coach, yeah. I have, I have several coaches in many different areas because I believe that um, I have something, it's called the mindset transformer, where I really looked at all the areas that we need to look at. And most people look at knowledge, right? Oh, I just need to know what to do and then I just do it. That's why I read a book and once I understand it, I can do it. But, you know, and, and that's why a lot of people, when, when, I, when I coach them in the beginning, I tell them we're going to go straight to the basics. Because people say, ah, you know, I know this. Ah, I know about this. Yeah. But what, a lot of things are common sense when you hear them. Well, many things are really common sense. you really practice them? Do you really know them? Exactly. It's common sense, but not common practice. Right? So, so it's important to have the knowledge. It's important to know what to do, to have a blueprint. Be aware. Be aware of yes. it. But then, if you can't take action on it, what's holding you back? And then really go back into your identity, your beliefs, and then from your identity and your beliefs, your thoughts, your regular thoughts are created. We're creating emotions, and that's what's standing in your way. But then your environment. And when you really look at your environment, it's the places, the people, the structures, the routines, time, you know, and to really find out what your values are. Because a lot of people, and then we come back to the being honest to yourself. I have a financial coach, you know, that I've been working with because I realized I don't have no financial intelligence. You know, there were times I was making so much money, I was spending so much money that I never really learned how to deal with it. And it has nothing to do with numbers. It's all emotional, you know, it's all emotional. And, you know, so I started to work with him and he said something that really um, impacted me because he said, people can tell me, you can tell me your, your values all day long. Give me your calendar and your checking book and, and I'll tell you what your values are. Because where you spend your money and when you spend your time shows you what you really, where really your values are. And it might not be in alignment with what you want your values to be. I agree, 100% agree. When I came here, I was teaching people how to be rich, but I had no money. Mm. And it was so difficult because I wasn't aligned. Mm. I was teaching something that I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have in my hand. And, and sometimes so right. people say, oh, just shift your values and everything is gonna fall into place. But how many people have a value like, I value health. But and still, they eat shift. like shit yeah, exactly. and smoke. Mm -hmm. 
Because but then you have to look at, okay, but what triggers that behavior? Where does it come from? What are you coping with? So, and, and that's why I believe that when it comes to people in your environment, you need to have a lot of people who are already where you want to be in all different areas. So I look at, for example, the wheel of life and I'm looking at, okay, you know, when it comes to relationships, where are my role models? How do I know how to communicate in relationships? How to really find these values? When it comes to finances, when it comes to business, when it comes to health, when it comes to everything. So, so now I'm like, okay, I need to find certain people. And that's the thing. I have role models in, in fitness. specific areas. Exactly. Yeah. Because there might be a role model for me in business. But not necessarily mean he's going to be fit and healthy exactly. or happy or relationships or whatever. And that's what people do sometimes. They have one role model. Forever. That's what people are sometimes, um, they're kind of shocked when, when someone that's supposed to be a role model and then they find out a scandal about whatever they love life or, or they have a drug problem. I'm like, that doesn't take anything away from that they're a genius in music, you know? So that's a role model for me in this area. But I have role models in this area and in an environment. So okay. the reason why... I'm, I, for example, I have a high uh, level when it comes to fitness because all the people I train with are either personal trainers or professional athletes. These are the people in this environment. But I don't necessarily sit down with these people and talk about business ideas because some, some of them don't have the right mindset around that. Sure. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about this with other people. You know, so, so I have these peers. How do you find these peer groups? This is, again, it's connected so people to places. Are sitting there going, that sounds great, but how do I find the rich guy or so, financially stable guy or comfortable guy who's going to help me? I get emails every day. Mm. Can you help me? Yeah. Or can you find me a job? Okay. And then one thing I say, send me your CV plus a, a, a letter explaining you from the heart mm. why you're the superstar I'm looking for. Do you know what they do? Yeah. Nothing. Mm. They don't even bother. Mm. But that's the thing. They don't um, bother sending a letter, but they want to cut and paste the CV and send it. I think that we are living in a time where you can get in touch with anyone, first of all. So where you find these people, you can find. Anyone you want to find, you'll find. Yes. Now, the thing is that you're going to have limitations because a lot of people are going to feel like, yeah, why should this person help me or why, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and that's the thing. It's like I've, I have a couple of the, like I have a couple of filters that I apply on everything, right? But if I, want to, if I want to have certain people in my life, first of all, I need to be, it's like everything. I want to have a specific client. I want to have a specific partner. I want to have a, where do you find these people? So you need to go to certain places where people are, right? Because you know, if I'm in this place, it's not going to be the same as if I'm in this place. Yes. So the, the, the chances, the probability is bigger. Then instead of asking myself, what can this person do for me? I need to ask myself, what can I do for this person? Then I need to ask myself, who do I need to be so that these people want to spend time with me, right? The sooner I start to ask so myself a whole this lot question. of calculations and thought process behind meeting someone and getting it right. Because you can meet someone, like you said, at any time, but you could screw it up. Exactly. Mm. And I feel that me coming into a new environment when I was 12 years old, I wasn't doing anything else. Who do I need to be to a certain extent to kind of connect mm -hmm. on a certain level? It's like I come into a new world, like, like we came to Dubai. So you need to understand things are different here. People are different here. There's different dynamics. There's a, you know, but everyone has certain needs. And, and I always look at energy. So I've broken down energy in five different areas. Because all we have is energy. Mental energy, emotional energy, physical energy, time, and money. These are the five areas of energy. And they are interchangeable. So you want to make money, you're investing time, you're investing mental and emotional energy, physical energy. Sometimes you pay someone. So if they know more than you, it's mental energy. 
they can teach you something or you can delegate work that they do. But you extend the energy by paying them, right? Exactly. Money is energy. It's, right? it's an exchange. They mean, you don't like doing something. It's costing you a lot of emotional energy. So you pay someone to take that away, it frees up the energy and you mm -hmm. can put that more to create more. So it's a cycle. Now, when I look at how can I provide value, I look at the five levels of energy. So it's like, okay, maybe I can teach someone something, mental energy. I can take away something from them mentally. Or emotionally, you know, maybe they just like you. Some people they just they just like being around you. You inspired you raise, by you, yeah. Exactly. You raise their energy level, your friendly person, your character, physical energy. A lot of people in the beginning, when I got in touch with them, they were more advanced when it came to business, but they wanted to spend time with me because they could work out with me. I can teach them certain things. So their physical energy was raised from that. They're just like, oh, I want to, you know, can you touch, can, can you teach me? I wasn't a personal trainer, but I know so much about nutrition that I can do a plan for them. And then I helped them on an energetic level to become a better version of themselves or time. Can you save someone time by introducing them to someone that's going to bring them money? So how can you make this person more money, save them time, physical, emotional, or mental energy? And if I cannot bring any value to someone in any of these five it's areas, it's either because I don't know enough, mm -hmm. because I'm not interested and I'm not studying that person more enough. You no, know, the worst thing is people, you know, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, you just need to bring value to someone. They message you, tell me if I can do anything for you. So now, do you hate that? Now it's my job. Networking. networking. <laughs> Now, hi Ben. How can I help you? <laughs> now it's my job to find out what you can do for me. You know? Yeah. So it's like you woke up this morning thinking I've got a major <laughs> headache. I hope somebody can help me. Exactly. So you're burdening that person with that choice. Yes. So so first of all, I need to study. I need to study successful people. I need to see okay where can I bring value, and if I study them and I can't bring any value in any of these areas, I need to become a person that can create that value. And now I know what to do next. Wow. You know, and then if so I ask myself. What you're saying is, mm. your moves, the reason you're successful is because your moves are all strategized. They're thought through. Yeah. Not days and weeks before you go to a networking event, but you have these calculations in your head, right? Yeah, you it's like a filter it. almost. Mm. And, and, and it's like a, a lot of these things I did intuitively, but you can break it down. It's just like you see patterns. And when you study successful people, some of them, they might not even know that they're using these strategies, but they are. And then when you look at 100 successful people, and the peop especially the people that I know in my life, because I can ask them questions. See, we see the front stage performance. We don't see the behind the scenes. But if I ask you specific questions, so how did you feel the first time you were on stage? How did you feel when you did this? When you started the business and you had your first employee, was it hard for you? Was it easy for you? You know, now you have 90 employees and it's just like, wow, it just feels like, but how was it when you had the first five? You know, was it frustrating? But here's you the fear? thing, you're not too afraid to ask. Most people think if I ask, it shows weakness. Ah. And that's a wrong assessment. Exactly. And that's a wrong interpretation. Exactly. And, and that's why it's so important that we look at, you know, these are the beliefs. People are like, oh, why should I contact someone? Maybe, you know, because I coach uh, so many. I will look desperate. I'm like, make the call. I, I, when I came to Dubai, I contacted around 100 people in the first two months that went in the film industry and just contact them and just meet them randomly. Anyone. Could be a makeup artist, a camera person, someone from an agency. And, and, and that's one of the questions I ask so many people, the entrepreneurs that are in my coaching program. And, and then they're like, yeah, you know what? I want to start this. I want to be on this level in one year. I want to have this. Okay, how many people do you know personally who are on that level that you can exchange with? No one. Most, like 95% tell me no one. Okay, why not? Let's go into it. phone them to coach them. Hmm? You made the 100 calls. What was the reason for calling 
when you arrived here, you said made, you made 100 calls, right? Yeah. What was, what was the reason? What was your purpose of making those 100 calls? My purpose was, and, 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 that, and that's the thing, because, um, so, so the limitation, I'm just going to talk about the limitation, sure, sure. and then I'm going to talk sure. about why I did We're it. We're still going to go back to university. Yeah, yeah. We're stuck at the video editing side of the <laughs> yeah, production. That's good. You got the good How many hours do we have? Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, because, um, you know, these thoughts can come up. These are resistances. These are objections to mm -hmm. actually doing something, right? And, and every time someone says, I can't do something, right? I can't just go up to these strangers and talk to them. I can't talk to this woman. I can't just raise my prices. It's never I can't. You can write down a list of everything you can't do. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you, you cross can do out. You it all. It's just what you, whether you want to or not. Exactly. You cross out can't and you say, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And then you say, because. And then you take ownership. And once you say, I don't want to do this because, you find out all the beliefs that are behind it. And then you can look at each one and see, is it even true? And you can actually flip them around and, and you can find reasons why they're not true. These are a lot of things that we, we do in our mind, but once we write it on paper, you know, you know, in your mind it's subjective. When you write it on paper, it's subjective. And now you can look at it from a distance and actually analyze it. That's why we can give advice to other people, but sometimes we can take the same because we're emotionally stuck in it. So People tell me, yeah, but you know, they're my competition. Why would they help me? Why would they give me advice? Why this? Why that? I'm like, do you know any of it? You don't know. This is your belief. This is what you believe. You believe that this is what they think, but it's actually your thought that you're putting in their mind. And do you know what happens? You push them, they make the call, and the guy says exactly what they've been focused on. They come say, I told you, my market research says exactly. I was right. 100% like, of people yeah. out of one person. <laughs> one person I exactly. called. Oh my God. Yeah. Law of averages, right? So that was the one thing, law of averages. I knew, so the thing is this, um, before I came to Dubai, and, and that was kind of a pattern, I had the, one of the craziest jobs ever. That was actually my only job that I ever had. Germany. In Germany. So I was living in Cologne and you know. The, the, like, let's, let's go back a bit, right? Okay. University of Cologne. Because <laughs> we're never gonna go past university. Yes. So you, you got your, university. You, yeah. So basically. I'm gonna write um, Cologne so we don't after, forget. Right. After university, um, I started, I have a friend of mine who, um, you know, his dad, uh, his, his, his uncle actually was like selling cars, buying cars, selling cars. Were you into health and fitness then? Yeah. Okay. So always been. It wasn't like, so, you got this story, like I was like 25 stone and 170 no, kilos. I don't have that. Like this is something that I had. My mom was a sports and biology teacher. Okay. So f from the age, I don't know, since I can walk. I've been doing, you know, she put me in the water when I was a baby, you know, and, you know, when they hold the air, you know, in the water and stuff. So my mom, she taught us so much about biology, about the human body. And then, you know, like I, I tried and same thing, same thing that happened in, um, in Holland, you know, in the first year, my parents did with me in sports. So basically they put us in, I did tried everything, it all. Try it all. everything, mm -hmm. but once you try something, you have to do it for a period of time. Don't do something twice and then decide if you like it or not. So I did gymnastics, judo, um, track and field, basketball, you know, everything. Like I literally did everything, swimming. So um, sports was a big part of my life, tennis. Like I did everything, but like to a point where you actually become good at it because that's what, you don't enjoy something when you're not good at it, right? So, and, and you know, there, there's so many different, uh, um, you know, concepts and principles when you do something for 20 hours and you reach a level where, you know, it becomes easier. And before that, and that's kind of the, Conscious incompetence and then conscious competence, you know, these, these kind of levels. So once you reach a level where, oh, okay, I'm winning some games, I'm actually, you know, able to. I might to. be pretty good at this. Exactly. Yeah. That's when it starts to be fun. Mm -hmm. But most people never reach that stage because they judge it prematurely. So, so that was kind of something that always, you know, was with me. But I was always very skinny. I had a high metabolism. I was very thin. 
And when I was 17, I was playing basketball, I was always getting injured, you know, always, you know, my knee here, my leg there. And and I went to the doctor and he said, you're too skinny. Your your bones are, you have to start lifting weights. And that's when I actually started. And that was not popular back then, you know, so don't, didn't have many gyms. It was super expensive. My dad was like, ah, because the doctor said I have to lift weights, you know, so I had a gym membership. I didn't know what to do. You know, the trainers there, they were like, I'll just do circuit training, whatever. But I started. And because I was always a fan of like, you know, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, you know, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know my story about Muhammad Ali, don't you? Your story about Muhammad Ali. You don't know my no, story? No, I don't know the story. I'll tell you another day. Okay. <laughs> we'll we got to do this back. I, I'm going to interview you yeah, on my podcast. A, there, we have to. There's a book outside. Muhammad Ali signed book outside. Really? I'll show you. There's only like a uh, hundred of those. You met him personally? Tell you the story. Oh. It's because of Muhammad Ali I have this business. Okay, so uh, check out my YouTube channel to see the other side of the story because this is going to be it's, interesting. I'll hold it. We, we do a podcast on you. Yeah. It's blows you away what happened to me how I met Muhammad Ali wow this is how that connecting the dots made me have this company today but before that I was a one-man band I was a sales and marketing consultant selling my time Mm. and for three years I was asking how can I have a business that I'm not selling my time anymore miracle happened the company started and it was all to do with Muhammad Ali wow I never met him before. It was in my goal to meet him. Man, this is yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm an Iranian like guy. All I remember was my dad. <laughs> um, my, I lost my dad when I was three, and he used to put me on my lap, and to watch the Ali fight. So all I remember of my dad was that sitting on his lap watching his black and white Joe Frazier fights. So I just followed his career because I had that emotional attachment to my father, mm. right? And so when I had a heart attack, I took um, a sabbatical and I wrote a list of goals. I was going to have a school of uh, orphans. We have a school of 250 orphans we look after oh. in, Tha- in Thailand. Uh, I, wasn't gonna, I was going to uh, find and inspire children because adults let you down. They screw you behind you. But I was going through a tough time. And um, then I found out Muhammad Ali had a center called the Ali Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And the idea was to bring that here into Dubai. So when I arrived here, I, persuaded, uh, I chased that goal to bring the Ali Center here. Wow. And the rest is history. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> Yeah. Wow, because I'm not, I'm not like a starstruck or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I was always like, if there's one person that I would love, love to just shake his hand, just pr- Muhammad Ali. Yeah. He's the only person that was ever on my list. Great, I think he's one of the greatest human He had his faults. Yeah. He had many faults, yeah. but one of the great, greatest human beings ever lived. Yeah. And, and it's like... And they call him a coward, you know, because he didn't fight in the Vietnam War. And he, he s- stood in the ring with the toughest human beings on earth, and they call him a coward. But you, you know, see, honestly, I believe that just that part um, to to stand against public opinion and in knowing 60s, in the early 70s, you know how difficult that that's was. what actually makes you a hero to me. Yes. People will call you a coward and try to shame you because you're not going along and you're standing by your convictions. And, you know, you said it Correct. yourself, you have your own values. Correct. And I'm like, my value does not allow and me to go in a war. Everything yeah. at the peak of his career. And that's what no one will do. No one. They'll take the money. Exactly. They'll take all the rewards. And you're selling your soul. Yeah. So to me, that is actually a prime example of, you know what, even if it's unpopular, even if I'm going to lose everything, I'm going to stick by it because it's more valuable. I'm not going to fight and kill people in a war that I don't believe in. You know, and, and I, I mean... Let's, me, do, let's do another one just based on Muhammad Ali. Let's do it. Because I swear. Because honestly, swear. to me also, what attracted me the most in the beginning, because I was not interested in boxing. And that's, that's what I believe a real... Well, Muhammad Ali's boxing life is only a this. Exactly. It's, it's a little bit. 
you have an that impact was, through mm-hmm. boxing mm-hmm. but actually same thing with even bruce lee to me was more about the philosophy and the mindset behind it, it impacted me more than watching his movies you know about karate yes. but what His really got me when i was younger and i was shy and i was introverted was how confident he was i was just like well, oozed, oozed. to me he's like one of the most confident people that i've ever seen captured on camera because maybe there were people you know 2000 years ago we don't know we, we have never seen them we can hear stories napoleon alexander the great all these people right but we don't know how they no. were talking how they were you mm-hmm. know and but muhammad that, ali that's, that's certainty that's certainty and he was uneducated yeah that's the thing and that's where you know it's just like because you have different forms of intelligence you know mm-hmm. you have emotional intelligence social mm-hmm. intelligence you don't only have you know like the book smart and that's what a lot of people put too much emphasis on so a lot of self-made millionaires or entrepreneurs that bootstrapped, they didn't study business. They figured it out. It's good to have both, but that's the thing. You learn by doing. That's when you get, you know, and um, yeah, man, like that's, that's, that's kind of what, what I did. So, so basically when I came out of uh, university. Oh, we're there again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll never go forward. Right? <laughs> when I came out of university, see, the thing is, I, I think that a lot of people are crippled now because they have too much information, even though we have access to the internet and to the wisest people in the world, we can get confused. Um, the opposite side is trying to reinvent the wheel and not knowing anything, what, where I was. I didn't have no one to really show me. I didn't have the access, like everything that Did I'm- Did your dad ever make it in business? Was he ever like really successful? Has he always been struggling? I hope he doesn't mind. Yeah, not struggling, question. but like never, he's like, boom, you know, like what he really expected. He's always had to work it. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's been, you know, better and worse, but it's, it's always been like sustainable, you know, yes. but never like really exploded, you know. Did your mom stick it out with him? Yeah. Yeah. That's They're nice. still together. That's and then, good. you know, That's it's, uh, yeah. They, it's a good uh, example to say. Yeah. You know, it's really like a uh, tag team, you know. Yeah. And you saw people making sacrifices to make the yeah. ultimate uh, yeah. relationship work. Exactly. Nice. So it's, uh, it's ups and downs. That's what makes you, you know, nice. and uh, that's the journey. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like kind of, I, I, and, and you know, that, that was kind of the, the biggest, I don't want to say mistake because it, it always feels like I should have done it differently, you know? I couldn't have done it differently because I didn't know, but, and that's what led me to change it later on because I tried to do everything on my own. I was kind of, I didn't want to ask anyone for help. I didn't want to make it look Too like proud. I didn't know. Exactly, you know, and, and, I, and I felt like, and I actually even didn't know who to ask because that's the thing. Back then, it was just like, who's in your environment is your environment. You know, like, of course, you could go to other cities and you can f- figure out. But it's like if your mindset is stuck, if the people around you don't do certain things, you don't have the examples. And I just didn't have certain ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're not smart enough or you're not this. It's just sometimes really like you don't have the right role models in your environment. So you don't, you know, think about it. Sure. And, and so what I did was I had a friend of mine who was, uh, you know, is, is, is buying cars and selling cars and stuff. And in the beginning, he was like, come with me. Because we're going to go with one car, buy a car, and then you can help me to drive it back. You know, and then I, I got into that world and said, hey, you know, let's put money together and let's do it together. You know, because I was like, that's cool. You just drive around and then some and make money at the end of the journey. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe you sell the car in three weeks. We so you drive around with it, you know, for three weeks. So it's like, well, it's like cool cars and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's nice. And then on the side, I was like, I mean, I know how to film videos. And it was kind of new, you know, like you just started to have, you know, that was when 2005, 2006. The internet was new. Exactly. Just, People didn't really understand that yeah. doing a video about your business is that like, what is that going to do? Wow. You know, like this, you still have these conversations, you know? So I was like, okay, you know what? In the beginning, I wasn't good at selling kind of, I was like, and I didn't believe I could receive money for what I was doing. So what I did was I exchanged services. So like, what is something that I would spend money for? A gym. Uh, I wanted to learn Spanish because, uh, I was like, we, we, we were selling cars from Germany 
to like France to like Holland, but the, 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 the more south you go, the more money you can get for it. You mm. know, so in okay. Spain, for German cars, you get more money than if you sell them in Germany. Wow. So then I was like, oh, and I was always my mindset was I can learn any language. You know, that's why you know I was just like, ah, French, Spanish is very close. I'm going to learn Spanish, and then we're going to sell cars in Spain. I give myself one month to learn Spanish. So I went to Spanish school. And they have like classes, it's just Spanish school, not language, just, just have Spanish. So from morning till night, they have just different classes of Spanish. I said, I'm going to come here, I'll shoot a video for you guys, and you just, I just come here for free. And he said, okay, cool. That was the first person I did a video for. I went to a gym, same thing. I went to a place where they have sell supplements. I said, hey, give me supplements for the next month, and I'll do a video for you. And I thought, okay, let's do an exchange. And I started to exchange services. Wow. Everything that I would spend money for, I just did a video for them, you know? Wow. And, and then I got my, uh, my that's, portfolio. That's entrepreneurial, right? It is, yeah. you know? I got the video and I was like, huh. Because the gym, I'm like, they're not losing anything. One person more or less that's coming in that gym. The costs it, are the same, yeah. It's the same, so, yeah. you know? And then I had the one video. I went to another gym and I'm like, oh, they did a gym. They paid me a thousand, so you need a video as well. And then that's how I got my first clients, you know? So I had the portfolio and I just went and, and experimented and... Yeah. And that, that, that's how, you know, things started, you know, and, 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 um, and then I kind of did that at the same time, you know, selling cars, buying cars, doing that. Did you the ever side. develop a company or you were just by yourself? You I was, I was a freelancer. Shooting, editing, everything. shooting, editing, selling, doing everything. Do I did everything by myself, you know, write the script, film. Sometimes I was even acting in one of the scenes and, you know, so I, I just did everything. And I took a lot of pride in doing everything by myself because in the art academy it was a lot about, you know, like you're the artist and you create art, you know, and I didn't think about delegating and being it's efficient. Not business. It's not business. It was not business. Yeah, it was art. And they it didn't teach us creativity. anything about business. Mm -hmm. They taught us how to do videos, not how to sell one video, you know, that's it. So I didn't know. And, um, and then, yeah, so, so I kind of figured it out by myself until, and then, and then that, that's when uh, there was a turning point because, um, I was in, uh, in in Hamburg city where the hamburgers come from, <laughs> and I was there for like two months. I did like a, an apprenticeship. I've been in Hamburg. I like oh yeah, it. okay, yeah, it's yeah, a nice city. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, so I met an uncle of mine that uh, I never met before because he, he was living in the states when we were living in the Ivory Coast, and he was in Hamburg. My dad was there as well, so he introduced me to him, sat down with him, and uh, he kind of look through me like this. He asked me a couple of questions and he said, oh yeah, I think that you're really good at communication and I think your limitations are here and this and this. And I was like, he doesn't know me. No one but, knows these things about me. Yes. Something. I was like, what is that? What, 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 what is he doing? And he was coaching me and I didn't know. He asked me a couple of questions and he was so confident. And I, was like, and I asked him, it's like, how, how did you learn to do what you're just doing? And then he, he, he told me that is a very wise question. Coming back to what you said that, you know, um, people are afraid to ask questions. He said, you know what? Because you're asking me this question, it tells me that you already know that this is a skill that's learnable. Otherwise, you just assume this is the way I am. You say, how did you just learn accept this? It, yeah. So I'm going to give you a list of books, have a look at them, and then you, you know, you'll know more. And then he would check to see if you're committed. Because if you hadn't read the books, you didn't buy them, no hope. Exactly. Right? But you went out and got the books. He got me a list. And that's where the first time I got in touch Which with the first book? Tony Robbins. Personal Unleash power the power. Too. Oh, okay. First but the program, I did. Because right, right. the thing is, me, I was, you got I was the whole always tape audiovisual. Set, CD, CD. Yes. You got the CDs. I was always I audiovisual. Tapes. I was like, books, oh, like, mm. I need to get the audios, you know? So, so I started to listen to Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, and I, I listened to a couple, Tony's voice immediately. I was like, oh, he got my attention. Wow. So that's why I started with Tony. I had Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy. He's what I did. Have you done the, the Tony's time. courses? Yeah. 
uh, master university and all that you've done the master no one? I didn't actually go to the live ones but I did like all the you know okay. the online programs I'll like tell everything. you all about it okay I'm part of that organization oh, okay so good I'll yeah that's it. something that I'm um, going to uh, actually going to Holland in March or May May of 2021 Okay. All business courses. So maybe we can go together. Okay, yeah. We'll discuss yeah, that, it. No, that's really something that I want to mm. do. Tony Live. Because he uh, doesn't do them all live anymore now. He mm. only does... Um, uh, UPW and things like no, that. No, no, UPW, yes. Because that's that's the funnel, right? Yeah. He gets 12,000 people, sells it, and it goes out to the mass team. But then it's Platinum Partnership. Yeah. It's about $150,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Tony, so that, that, that's when it started. Did you go to September one in Dubai? No, I couldn't make it. That was I our know. event. Najahi, oh, yeah. it, but we sold the tickets. Ah, okay. Najahi came to us and said we got three months, sell 14,000 tickets. So yeah. We were the marketing people behind it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just saw the poster. And I, was and like, I know oh. you work with Najahi as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Said, yeah, yeah that's I'm a speaker good. with Najahi. Because yeah. uh, I had my, it's like the, two times they had like big events and I couldn't do it because I had my own, you know, mm -hmm. uh, event mm -hmm. going on in Germany. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. They use Spencer. Hmm? They use Spencer Lodge on, yeah. on, on stage. And uh, yeah, you did the Najahi tribe. They've exactly. asked me to, but I haven't had the chance to go around yeah. developing a, a program for them. Yeah. Well, I think it's still time, you know. We'll, still we'll, talk. we'll yeah. talk. So, off camera. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tell me. And then what brought you to Dubai? So, you built this. Um, so, oh, so yeah, you met your uncle. Uncle said books, CDs, watch Tony Robbins. changed for me. Uh -huh. That's when everything changed. Um, you must have been only, only about 25, 26 then, yeah. right? So yeah. That's, I was, I was, yeah. Who's going to listen to a 26-year-old? Huh? Who's going to listen to it? No, seriously, right? Yeah. Who's going to listen to a 26-year-old coaching them about life? Yeah. And it, it's like, I didn't... You had really, every reason not to do it, right? Because you're too young and... Do to do what? To coach people. I wasn't even thinking about that at that time. Your own personal development. Yeah, that was for myself. Like, that's really when I, I, um, I applied everything. Mm -hmm. that I heard like I didn't really just listen to it and and one of the main areas that I looked at was because it was talking about you know like shifting your beliefs and limitations it, it was my introversion my shyness because yeah. I was still to that point and you know I was um and that was one thing that changed because I was I was doing an apprenticeship with one of the top um he was the, the, the top directors for commercials in Germany Marcus Walter is his name and and he um I did an apprenticeship for like two months in Hamburg and they were shooting like the most expensive, best, you know, commercials, you know, like uh, in, in Germany. And I was on set with him. And he was cool, you know, and when he met him, met me, he saw me and I was like, oh, this guy's probably a cool guy and stuff, you know, come with me. And he didn't, I was like, I was on set in my corner, observing like a tourist. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't ask, how can I help? How can I, you know, I didn't want to disturb anyone. I didn't want to bother anyone. Like, oh, they're all professionals. They're doing their thing, this and that. And, you know, sometimes he introduced me to people. Hi, 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 hi. And, and I'll just stand there. Corner, yeah. and, then, and, then, um, and then he was like, uh, it's, it's funny because you had like the best camera people, the team, the, the, you know, the agencies, you know, like the clients, they were on set, you know. And, and, um, and then there was like a party, you know, like for, you know, all the different agencies, they're like an agency party, they invited everyone, you know, from the film industry and, and stuff, and they were there. And then that night, you know, you always have these moments where you slip out of that role, you know, you drink a little bit, you feel good and stuff like that. And I was there and I had my Afro, you know, and I was just like vibing with everyone and cool, making jokes. And I was a different version of myself. Sometimes we have that, we step out. Some, maybe you're on vacation or you're with the right people. You're yeah. a different person. The moment is right. Exactly, the moment was right. And he saw that. And the next day, he talked to me and he said, you know, in German, they have the saying, du musst aus dir rauskommen, which means you have to come out of yourself. Not, you have to become someone else. You just have, you're already there. You just have to show it. You just have to step out of it. He said, because you have so many opportunities. 
you could connect to the best camera people, the best people in the industry. We're here on set. You're not talking to no one. All the opportunities are just going by. Why? I don't understand. There's wow. no reason. And he gave you the forum. He gave you the arena. Exactly. He challenged saying, me. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, you know when you're like, yeah, yeah I know. Uh, you know you should. But something in me is holding me back. Like I could just go to this person and say, hey, what's up? And all these filters. Oh, what are they going to think about? What if I say something wrong? What is that? All that is just shutting it down. And, and I'm just like, and the moment passes by. And it passes by again and again. And, 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 and then I was just like, that's the problem. It's like, I know I need to change something. But I'm so stuck in my identity, I don't know how. And now, boom, Tony Robbins. And I start to go into personal power too. And I start to do the exercises. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Like, I've never heard of this before. So I really went in it. When I say study, like, I, I, I didn't do the program one time. I did like 10 times. Like, I reached the end of 30 days. I do it again. And I do it again. And every time I hear something else. And I go out and I practice it. You know, it says step into this identity, go on the streets, talk to 10 people and change and be a different version of yourself and talk to the next person and play and act. I did wow. everything. And on top of it, because I really, I saw so many correlations to filmmaking, you know, you, you just step into a act. new character, you Ooh. act. And then when this happened, it's funny because I, I'm a fast learner and, and it's to me, it's like a new, like a new reality. Literally, like I didn't see the world the same, you know, after like a year of doing this, but and what was funny is uh, I, I got the opportunity to have a job. That job changed everything. I was a flight carrier for a year, like almost a little bit over a year. And I was just like, I never heard that this job even exists. Is this something important documents you take? Important documents or yeah. sometimes, you know, like microchips or just mm -hmm. something that needs to be per express. Hand. They give it to you. Somebody sign it off. Exactly. You go into a plane. And the thing is this. Mm -hmm. You don't know. They call you. Are you free? Yes. And, and, and you can say no, and then they just call someone else. In the beginning, I said, I'm just going to do it two, three times a month. I'm not going to exaggerate. It becomes like a drug. Because they call you. Are you free? Yes. Be at the airport in three hours. You go into Mexico. You know? And, and now it's just like I have two suitcases, one for cold weather, one for because I never know where I got to go. You know what's the worst thing they ask you? Did you pack this yourself? <laughs> it's my yes. job. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They yeah. always ask you. Yeah. you know, did you check? Because you yeah. have to check. You never know what's inside. Yes, you know? Exactly. I traveled to over 70 countries in one year. Boom, 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 boom. And in the beginning, I was just going, and then I was just like, man, I, again, like, I was spending time by myself. Mm -hmm. I was in a plane, in a car, in a train, in a hotel room, and then, and then I, I went back into all the, you know, the, the, the tapes, writing things down, visualizing my future, everything. So I had so much time by myself, because that's also the thing. I was out of the environment of people and places where I was before. And now the I'm distractions. Distractions are gone, and I'm all over the world meeting people. And I was just like, that's when it shifted. When I said, you know what? This is a window to the world. But if I sit in my hotel room every single day and I won't talk to no one, it's not going to come to you. Nothing is going to happen. You can travel the entire world and you're not going to meet anyone. And that's when I started to really apply these things. So it was not like now with social media. But still, every time, because I didn't have much time. Sometimes it's like, tomorrow I'm flying to Japan, or in three hours I gotta take a plane. So I just went, there was, there was already Facebook, so I had Facebook and I had Xing, it was Xing, I think LinkedIn, LinkedIn already existed, and I just post a message, sent out to everyone. Who knows someone that lives in Mexico? Who knows someone that's here? And sometimes like, oh, I went to school with someone that's there, or oh, wow. my uncle has a, and then I just meet random people. Hey, I'm in your city. Because sometimes it's like, they book a flight and you stay for like two, three days. Because they don't book the flight back because sure, it's sure, more expensive. Exactly. So you stay on the weekend and stuff. So next available flight. I went all over the world meeting people that I would never meet and just sitting with them. You know, sometimes 
people much older than me, people in much different, and then you, you learn about so many things that exist, industries, stories, and I just became like a, it's almost like doing interviews with people in real life. Yeah, you're a sponge. I was a sponge. Yeah. And that's how I got to Dubai, because I flew everywhere, blah, 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 and then one place where I, went, where I came was Dubai, because Dubai is a transit city anyways, you know, so I went to Manila, uh, to Manila From came here. back, boom, you know, stayed here, met someone, stayed here for a month, got the opportunity to start a business here with someone. You what know, did you do? Video production. Video production and, and uh, media, and video production. And it didn't go the way I wanted, you know? It's a very, you know, fast decision. Basically, what happened was, is I didn't really save much money. I was traveling the world, I was enjoying myself. I was just like, I'm just good. This is an adventure for me. Wherever I am, like all the money that I made as a flight carrier, I spent, you know? <laughs> so, totally different from the most of the other German, you know, because sometimes you have a job where you fly with someone. And I was with one guy who was like in Mexico. Um, and then, he was just in a very cheap hotel. He stayed safe, there. Safe, 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 safe. Watching safe. videos from morning to night. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not renting a car. I'm not going. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, we'll be here for Life's five days. Life's an experience. Exactly. Yeah. Let's go. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going. If you rent the car, I come with you. But I'm not going to participate. And I was like, what is this? You know? But I'm like, okay, he's saving more money than me. You know? Sure. Maybe he's smarter. But I was just like, I'm just going to go all out. So I was at the point where I had no money. I had only 1000 bucks, And then you have no idea how similar you and I are. <laughs> I had a thousand. I did bucks. the same job with TNT, by the way. Oh, really? I never met anyone that did a job like this. So I became a certain, uh, international sales director at TNT, but that's how I started that job. In ah. six months, I came from the carrier what year on the was plane. That? 19, <laughs> 19, <laughs> okay, well. 1996 or something like that. Oh yeah. wow! TNT International, Dutch company. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, this I is didn't know me. that existed, but he was at that time. Fax machines were the only thing, right? Mm. Telex and fax. So I used to carry mainly uh, lawyers' legal documents to be signed off. Yeah. So I knew it was an envelope. It mm. wasn't items. Microchips. Yeah, no, no. Microchips were like this big then. That's so. Um, yeah, five we, megabyte hard drive was this big. We had so, crazy things. Sometimes oversized luggage. You know, like the first really? the, the first thing I had was a, a cheese uh, manufacturing company in Rwanda, and they had like a huge machine and they had like a fan like that, literally like three times the size of this TV right there. Yeah. And it's like a huge box and yes. you know, just, so sometimes it's like crazy, you know, yes. you know you're just like, no, no, mine was always this. documents. Oh, it was yeah, always yeah. documents. No, no, we had all different I literally things. go pick up the document from the lawyers and go to New York and deliver the document. Yeah. Amazing, crazy right? job. When you tell people that, it's just like, yeah. what are you doing? I got it straight away. like, I met somebody else who was doing this. <laughs> and was, there was I no social it. media. I loved it. Sometimes I got first class flights. Yeah. They upgrade you all the yeah, time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really good. Cool. Right? Oh, you know about that life. <laughs> but yeah, I was sometimes I'm thinking, man, if I had, because because that's the thing, I had a video camera and everything. But just because there was no vlogging, there was no, I didn't even have the idea to just document all of it. I didn't think about this. Mm -hmm. That's why now I'm so careful with documenting my life now because there's so many years that were just so many things that were gone. You know, like they, I mean, my mind. You know, but even that, I don't trust my mind that much. You know, so, so that's that's what what happened. And and then I came to Dubai. And, and then I had this mindset already, you know, because you asked me, you know, like, how did I really contact? So the first year I started a business in Abu Dhabi with a business partner. I made the choice very fast, literally, because I was in, in Dubai. I met a couple of people. I, I, I decided to, to, to stay here for like five days. And then I extended another week and extended another week, ended up sp spending a month. And I just love the energy. I met so many people in a short period of time and so Although much. Although it was Dubai, your business was in Abu Dhabi. Yes. So when I came, I, you know, the first business was in Abu Dhabi, 2454. Okay. And, um, but before I made the choice, I was here, you know, as a flight carrier and I stayed here. And then I had the opportunity to start, you know, something. 
And then once there is an idea in my mind, I'm like, I can't just wait, okay? And I was like, I don't have no money. I think everyone was telling me, you can't just go to Dubai with thousands. What are you gonna do if this doesn't work? What are you gonna do this, what are All the ifs, like, yeah. I was like, you know what, worst case, I can always come back here. What do I have to lose? It's a flight and I'm used to flying. That's why I used to say, I fly everywhere. It just pack my case and move if it doesn't work out, right? You become so flexible. Yeah. You know, it's a different, that's why the people in your environment, they can't understand that because they wouldn't be able to be in that, in, in, in that environment without constantly worrying about yes. it. You know, it's like, so what? Even if I have no money, I call someone up, hey, can you please book me a ticket? I'll pay you yes. back and I come back, sleep on someone's couch and I just mm -hmm. do it over again. You know, what's the problem, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I said, I called the company because I didn't have enough money to pay for my visa and for the flight. So I said, man, you know, maybe if they have a flight that goes in the area, I just do that. So they pay for the flight ticket anyway. I go deliver the package anywhere. I'll stay. And I stay. So I said, if they call me in a month, because you don't always have something in that direction, I will go in a month. If they call me tomorrow, I go tomorrow. Two days later, they call me. We have something in Qatar. Ever since then, I live in Dubai. Wow. <laughs> the rest is history. You One know? year, partner wasn't right. Wasn't so. right. And then I, I decided I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, left the business relationship with nothing again, you know. And then um, I kind of was homeless here in Dubai for like nine months, you know? Stayed at friend's place. But you know, here in Dubai, it's like, you have so many things that open up. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine has like a penthouse somewhere in the Marina and I stayed there for three months, you know, like have an elevator to go from floor one to floor two and stuff. Wow. So it's like, when it sounds like homeless in Dubai, it sounds more dramatic than it actually is. You, you didn't know? sleep in the car. I didn't right? sleep yeah. in the car, On the yeah. park bench. But, um, but yeah, yes. that, that's something where I actually reenacted in the beginning some of the similar things that I did in the beginning, you know? like kind of exchanging my services for things that I would spend money on, you know? Mm -hmm. Like a rental company, did a video for them, and I just got a car, and then I was staying at someone's place, and then for a restaurant, I just did video, then I could eat there, and then just yes. literally, I didn't need no money. I did that for Rimal, Rimal Bawadi. Rimal Bawadi? I did their marketing for free food. Amazing, and, right? You know, but that's the yeah, thing, you know? Yeah, and yeah. you know, the thing is this, I could have sold them you know, something, but because I was in a position where I was just like, I just need to right now not worry about anything to be able to function and build myself back up. That's what I did, you know? And then, and then I, it took me like nine months and, you know, I started up my own company and then I started, you know, producing videos. Before, you know, Do you still have that company now no, producing videos? I it. Right. So now it's coaching, personal development. Uh, you do business coaching as well. No. So basically I, I coach entrepreneurs and business owners, okay. but on mindset. Okay. So I don't coach business strategies. Can you help me? Yeah. I'll tell you where I am now. Um, I guess we're multimillionaires, I guess, right? We have a huge turnover. Um, I want to go to billionaire status. Mm. And I have an idea that I'm sitting on. And I've been selling it for five years. It's revolutionary. But for some reason, uh, I've been delaying the pitch deck. Mm. Uh, because I feel I've never raised money before. And something's holding me back to go and pitch venture capitalists to raise the money. Could mm. you help me with that? I can help you with that. It's, it's a mindset. It's a mindset, Ben. And it's really bugging me. Mm. Desperation, fear of failure, getting no, rejected, my dream not coming true. Or is it the fact that I really don't see myself as a billionaire? Mm. I, I don't know. Could you help me that? I can help you with Done. that. Let's do it. And you know, the thing is that it's, it's so interesting because they're the same patterns, you know, because I've coached people who are just starting with their business and they're in the beginning and they're not sure if they can make it or not. Mm -hmm. Then you have people who have already been doing it for 10 years and they're at a certain level, but they want to get to the next level. But, they, you know, like, and again, yes, it's that next level one. Yeah. And these blocks are the same. It's just the external 
you know, challenge looks different yes. or the level is different, yes. but the internal emotion and thought process is very agree similar. agree with you. I don't want to take too much time. We've got like two hours, How much right? It's amazing. <laughs> so um, when I came to Dubai, nobody knew me. I was charging 7,000 dirhams per month for my services. And they got me for, I think, two half days a month, the clients. Yeah. I got fully booked. Uh, six days a week, seven days a week, two clients a day. But then I it reached a standard where I wanted a higher, better standard of living, but yeah. I, I couldn't. No more time. Those, yeah. No more time, and those clients couldn't pay me more. So what I did, I sat all my clients, okay, and people thought I was crazy. Doubled my prices within two months, fully booked, mm. doing exactly the same thing. Mm. Doing exactly the same thing, people were paying me fourteen thousand dirhams a month. Did it again, twenty-five thousand dirhams a month, fully booked. And I teach that now. I think it's only my mindset that's changed. Yeah. The service was the same. The, the ingredients was the same. Everything was the same. And the clients were always there. But I just priced myself too low. So I'm good at mm. teaching it. But when it comes to this, the next level up to billionaire, to selling it to Amazon for a billion dollars, I'm just like, oh, oh, ooh, would I yeah. get found out? Am I, you know, am I worthy? I don't know what it is. It's holding me back. And you see what you just described is that in reality, the limitation when it comes to pricing is never in the mind of the buyer. No. It's always in the mind of the, the entrepreneur. Seller. Yeah, exactly. You don't believe that. I'm searching, Ben. I need, I need help. Mm. In many good. ways, but this one in particular, <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could do with you, your assistance. Yeah. Let's do it. Should we do this again? Yeah, let's do this. I loved it. Me too. Really loved it. Yeah, and there's uh, so many now side stories oh that I'm like, man, we need to we get into go. this. You know you what I mean? Like, when I need we were to... talking, I was thinking we should share a stage mm. because we can hold the event, and I can get other people as well. We should share a stage together. Yeah. Because I know I can pack a room. Mm. Right? That's what we do. We're a marketing company. Let's do I'm it. bringing um, John Gray here. Mm -hmm. You know, men are uh, from Mars, women from Venus. Yes, yes, yes. yes I'm bringing him here. Uh, hopefully, end of the year, but Corona stopped. Yeah. I was doing a talk in front of fourteen thousand people in LA. Wow. in April cancelled in a smaller group so I'm, I'm kind of connected and maybe we can do things together that's good yeah I mean there are no coincidences you know what I mean no it's just like we're in the same it's room meant to we happen. just connect Boom, and I you know chased I mean? you didn't I you kept cancelling because of this virus <laughs> social distancing okay just tell him I'm going to sit two meters away from him when I'm talking to him right so um, absolute honor man we've got so much yeah. to do we've got so much to give uh, so let's do this again Amazing. and I'm going to after this I'm going to hire you yeah. Okay, to t help me take me to the next level. Okay? Let's do it. Done. Amazing. Um, listeners, now you, you help individual entrepreneurs take them to the next level, and I'm going to be your uh, guinea pig. <laughs> I'm going to share the journey, and you can document it if you wish. I don't mind. Yeah. Let's, let's, do, let's document it. Yeah, you're going to coach me to take me to the next level. And then when I'm a billionaire, we can say, right, Ben got me. There, <laughs> right? um, if people want to uh, take advantage or use your services, and uh, how do they reach out to you? Um, so we can blend in, you know, like a link, benwataracoaching.com. I always do like, you know, a quick assessment to really just see who I can uh, work with to see, you know, like, because uh, it's always on both sides. Yeah, they have know? to apply, right? Exactly. Yeah. They have to apply. So I see if I can really help them in the level where they are right now, because sometimes people, because you, you do need a strategy. Sometimes people really don't know what they need to do, mm -hmm. but sometimes they know and it, it's like the mindset that's holding them back. So they're like different processes that I go in. Um, and, you know, if people want to understand a little bit more about certain topics, you know, that I go in, I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast that I just launched right now, the I Am Possible podcast. And then, and then we'll put all this at the bottom as well. I'd like to hear it from you and then we'll exactly. follow up with the text. So, and, and, and that's like kind of the motto that I have is that the I Am Possible, you know, it's because certain things feel impossible. But when I say um, I am possible, I'm focusing on the I Am. 
It just seems impossible because of the I am, the identity that you hold right now. For you right now, it seems impossible. So it's not, is something possible or not? It's who it's, will make it possible. And it's changeable. It is changeable. Once you take ownership and responsibility. Exactly. Right? So it all comes down to yourself and looking at yourself and not like, is this thing possible or not? It's like, how will I make it possible? But I am. And possible. most of the time it's here, you know, who I believe to be and not to be. And you know what? I love the name because you remember it. And the story behind it. Mm. Who's gonna forget? I am possible. Yeah. Right. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Uh, done. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Two friggin' hours, and it's got like fifteen minutes. <laughs> we were like you know, one hour. I swear. To, I knew it was gonna be short, but not not this short. But you know what? Normally, and I hate to say this, but normally after about an hour, I'm trying to keep myself awake. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> got two hours. I want more. So man, thank you so much. Thank God you bless so much. you. Thank you, man. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Right. See you next week.